This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. (laughs) What's up, everybody? Huss here, Remus, and Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We got a game day tonight, late one, 9.30 p.m. puck drop here in the peg as the Jets begin a three-game road trip, starting it off at the Staples Center against the Los Angeles Kings before being the guests of honor tomorrow night in Tempe at the Arizona Cardinals or Arizona Coyotes, excuse me, home opener at the Mullet Arena before heading out to Las Vegas to take on the Golden Knights. Um, obviously, not a lot of Jets news right now. We'll stay on top of it throughout the afternoon because a little bit of a uh, later skate with the time difference from the Pacific time zone to Winnipeg. But uh, we had a great chat yesterday with Dennis Bernstein. We'll get into this Jets road trip with Scott Billick and with Brandon Rewicki and talk a little bit more about tonight's matchup and, of course, a look ahead to tomorrow as well when the Jets take on the Coyotes. Looking forward to tomorrow's show as well. We will have Kenny Wee with us uh, live from Arizona for a bit of a scene setter, and uh, we'll see if they've done anything else to the uh, the trade show floor setup that the Jets will be dressing in tomorrow at the game, which we discussed yesterday on the program. Welcome to everyone that's with us on YouTube. Hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already. And of course, shout out to the podcast listeners making us a part of your day. If you are listening on the podcast, make sure to check out the YouTube channel, fire up a sub and uh, check it out when you are able to. And for those of you that are normally joining us on YouTube, make sure you go to your favorite podcast provider, Subscribe to the podcast, get those automatic downloads going. And when you're not able to check us out live with the video on YouTube, you can always get it fresh in your inbox just in time for your ride home here in the peg on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, (laughs) We've got a lot to get to. Some sports related, some things having to do with last night. But before we do anything, we need to thank the sponsors that make this show happen every day starting with our friends at Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Not Auto Corp, as well as Little Brown Jug, Culligan Water, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Consolidated Supply, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, and of course the gang over at F Apparel. Let's get, uh, let's get Michael Remus in here as we welcome everyone into the chat this afternoon. Remo, what's going on? How are you? I'm feeling good. I'm pumped for tonight. I see some people in chat not excited about the 9.30 p.m. start. But for me personally, I live for these West Coast late games. It's amazing. So um, I don't have to wake up at 5.45 like uh, Leslie mentioned in chat. That sounds sounds pretty rough. But uh, I'm pumped. Jets Kings uh, tonight from Crypto.com Arena. and Oh, it's not the Staples Center no, anymore. Crypto.com. Crypto. Not sure how long it's going to be Crypto.com <laughs> for. But... um. They also changed, uh, oh, sorry, it's Grateful Dead Night, too. Grateful Dead Night. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but uh, they had no t-shirts if you get, like, the package. Oh, well, that'll look good on television. Listen, before we get into the Jets and everything else, we got to talk about last night. First things first, <laughs> congratulations to the new mayor of Winnipeg, Scott Gillingham. Oh, I thought Glenn Murray. No, well... <laughs> Depends on what time you were watching and what channel you were watching. Okay. So the big win last night goes to the new mayor of Winnipeg. So we'll wish him well. Um, The big L last night goes to CTV Winnipeg. Um, 
I don't know about you. I, 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 I'll, I'll fill people in. So last night I go to meet a friend to watch this Oilers Blues game in the Raptors. So we're at uh, a bar in my neighborhood. And we're sitting at the bar and we're watching the Blues and Oilers. And we've got the Raptors on the other game. Behind us, the bartender had thrown on CTV News on one of the televisions just so he could sort of turn around and see what was going on as they counted the votes. This is relatively early. So again, not paying too much attention. The votes start coming in. We're watching the games and turn around and see that CTV's declared that Glenn Murray's won. They've got the big check beside him and we're looking up and it's like 42% of the ballots had been counted and it didn't seem like it was this insurmountable lead. Um, but anyways, I mean, listen, the, the people, normally the people that are doing those things are quite more advanced than the average Joe sitting at a bar without the sound on watching the game. Um, so, you know, there it was. And we're like, okay, well, geez, I didn't think that was going to happen, but um, I won't get into my thoughts or whatever on it. Just the fact, okay, Glenn Murray's really, okay. Um, back to the game. 10 minutes later, I checked Twitter. And all of a sudden, Gillingham is leading. And uh, as many of you probably had the same reaction, the uh, the folks over at our former employer just kept on running with that. And uh, embarrassingly, at a certain point, they had to say, well, actually, maybe we don't have a winner just yet. And I think because of the early call, it made them all wait so much longer to actually announce the guy that had really won the election. Nevertheless, Reem, uh, I don't know about you. That was one of the biggest, um, biggest L's we've seen a legit mainstream media company take. I mean, I don't know what's worse. Jet centric saying that Barry Trotz had been hired by the Winnipeg Jets or what had happened last night and something <laughs> of somewhat very high importance to Winnipeggers that are watching that last night. What? How? How does that happen? I know that this is a sports show, but this really is the number one uh, topic in Winnipeg <laughs> right now trending yesterday. Everyone weighing in and making jokes at CTV's expense. It's really low hanging fruit after lay after you know layoffs that we've seen and i guess they just had to get to amazing race us they had to end it early say it's glenn murray go home we got to get to amazing race but i was watching it at home i watched cbc's coverage i thought they did a great job and when they, when i saw on twitter that they had tweeted out and like posted an article that glenn murray's i was like i don't i don't think so it's pretty close there's a lot of or you got to count. Oh, they leaned into it. They yeah. absolutely leaned into it. They had it on television. They had our old pal from the COVID updates, John Hendricks. Shout out to John. He was mm -hmm. always so much fun coming on every day for like a year during the height of the pandemic with myself and Rick. And he's down there talking to someone at the Gillingham HQ. And, you know, it's the equivalent of, you know, a coaching interview at halftime going, well, I think we're still in it. You know, we might be down, but there's a lot of time left. And then it comes back and, they say, well, unfortunately for them, we've already declared him the winner. And yes, you mentioned the amazing race. So this is going on. As I mentioned, I was not glued into the election. We were watching the hockey game in the hoops. 15 minutes later, after we're seeing what's happening on Twitter, and it seems like there is very much this election is still happening on. I turned back to the television that had the CTV broadcast on it. And it's the amazing race. <laughs> so just, just to recap, called the wrong guy, basically 
told the folks that that were very much in it that, well, it's too bad, but it's not happening, and then cut away and went to the amazing race. Um, I'll say this. This is maybe more of a, a, a general comment on the media in general, but particularly where we used to work. When you cut that many people and you replace good quality journalists uh, or with with nobody or very, very young, inexperienced people that do obviously need to get experience, but maybe are put in put in situations that they're not totally ready for on a huge night like that, you can end up being um, you can end up being embarrassed. And that is exactly what happened last night. I couldn't help. Can we get comment from Lisa Laflamme on what happened yesterday, Remo? I, I'm not sure what she's uh, doing these days. However, it did lead to one of the most uh, fun nights on Twitter. I already see the oh. jokes flying in. A lot of people declaring the Winnipeg Jets Stanley Cup champions uh, this upcoming spring, 2023. Uh, you can go CTV declare is going to declare a victory for the Jets tonight. Declares... No, declare a victory for the Kings tonight. Oh, yes. And then it'll be wrong. <laughs> and then we'll be talking about a two-game winning streak tomorrow. Yeah, it declares the Atlanta Falcons the winners of the Super Bowl uh, LI over the Patriots. However, the Falcons actually had a bigger lead. Oh, the Falcons had a way bigger lead than Glenn Murray did Glenn last Murray. night when he got called, yeah. the, the, called the winner. So we can go on and on. CTV's still reporting La La Land was the winner of the 2017 <laughs> Oscars for Best Picture after uh, that mistake. Happened so endless, endless comedy. You know, Riders even... still in the playoff hunt this year yeah. in the Canadian Football League, as projected by our CTV Winnipeg. It's, it's been memed into a Canadian heritage moment. So a lot of people, a lot of people having fun at Bell uh, Media's expense uh, last night. So it was like watching a reality. I mean, there was no hockey game on. There was no Jets game. So I was like, well, I'm tuning into this. I had the the Blues, the Blues game. Uh, the Blues seem to figure out how to play against the Oilers. They lost 3-1, but I had that game on uh, my computer while watching the election coverage as well. So um, big L last night, and it was entertaining. Maybe it was getting people to get people to watch. It was a publicity stunt. Yeah, well, <laughs> no doubt about it. Well, yeah, but then everyone turned over, and it was the Amazing Race. Could this have been a plot by the Amazing Race to boost their viewership yeah. beforehand in the city of Winnipeg? I'm not sure. Conspiracy theories abound. I know Billick will have some takes on this. We'll talk to him about it a little bit later on. But, of course, we will get to uh, the Winnipeg Jets. That being said, you mentioned that Oiler Blues game last mm -hmm. night. Oilers did the Jets a little bit of a favor with that win. Ryan O'Reilly finally got on the board. He'd been a little bit quiet so far this year. But the Oilers do get the victory. And uh, as we said yesterday, I did get that nice little plus 218 parlay with the Oilers and then the Tampa Bay Lightning, who you knew would bounce back from their loss to the Kings going into Anaheim, the duck pond and beating the Anaheim ducks. But, um, you know, this Kings team Remo that we're going to be seeing tonight is interesting. As we talked with Bernstein yesterday from the fourth period, um, you know, Dennis filling us in, you know, they've had an unbelievable start to the year from Gabe Villardi, which I don't want to say has found money because he was top draft pick and was a guy, but he, they've been waiting for him for a little while. And I, you know, if you can get that sort of production at more than a point a game from, outside of your top six, especially for a team that's traditionally been pretty defensively stout. Um, you're way ahead of the game. Problem is for the Kings so far this year is that they haven't been as good defensively. And as Dennis mentioned yesterday, the goaltending has been pretty shaky at times, especially from Cal Peterson. And 
I would imagine, considering the way Jonathan Quick played against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the likely role with him again today, will uh, we should have maybe a little bit more clarity on that a little bit later on in the program as more news comes out of Tinseltown before tonight's game. Yeah, Kings, I mean, they were a playoff team last year, took the Oilers to seven games. They acquired, what, Kevin Fiala, Victor Arvison's been hurt. Um, and Adrian Kempe, Anze Kobar, they've been kind of cold since starting off hot, but they're, I think they're pretty strong, strong players. Drew Doughty, he's healthy. Sean Dersey really stepped up last year in his, in his absence, and he mentioned uh, Brant Clark, uh, who has looked pretty strong in his uh, first couple games in the NHL. So uh, Kings, Salt team, they are favored. And we'll get to the odds. They are, I think, slight favorite against the Jets. But for the Jets, us, it's about we've got excited about the Jets in the past when they've had a good game. And you think, okay, they just need to keep it going. And really, last year, they'd have like one, what was it? One step forward, two steps back. They'd have a good game. And you're kind of expecting it to continue. And then they'd lay an egg. This is a pretty tough road trip starting off with the Kings back to back with the Coyotes. They're going to be facing the adversity of that horrible visitor's dressing room tomorrow and then Vegas on Halloween weekend. So I think the schedule here kind of stacked against the Jets, but we're hoping they can get uh, two, two out of three, four to six points. And you'd like to see them continue their game that they had on Monday uh, into tonight. Hopefully, you know, the late start time zones, it's basically 930 local start doesn't <laughs> affect them. But if they can continue that, I think that's good. If they take, you know, see what we, if we see what we had seen in other games this year, like the Dallas game, or, you know, some of the Vegas game, then I don't want to say be concerned, but you'd like to see them the momentum continue from Monday. Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the Jets are trying to instill both a style of play that they can repeat and execute consistently. And, you know, it's hard to do something really well for the full 60 minutes, never mind game after game after game, but they did it against the St. Louis Blues on Monday night with their most complete performance of the season. And as we heard from Scott Arneal, both after the game and yesterday before the team headed out to L.A., um, that is pretty much the blueprint. Um, and listen, you know, it, it would be very disappointing if they completely came off that tonight. I mean, you know, you'll win some games, you will lose other games. But the one thing under the team's control is the way they come out, the way they execute, and their commitment to both the offense and defensive uh, parts of the game. Um, and that, I think, what was give, gave Jet fans so much optimism for the way that they played against St. Louis and the way they continued to ramp it up through the game. I mean, I still can't get over how many pucks they put on Thomas Grice in the third period of that game when they were the ones leading. Um, but as as we mentioned, Reem, that sort of positive reinforcement, um, you know, to get a result like that, to have the hard work paid off, um, you would hope, turns into more performances like that. And um, no better place to start on it off than tonight in the crypto.com arena. Like, as you mentioned, you know, two out of three, if the Jets can grab two, if you can come out of this trip with four points, you're coming back home and you're guaranteed of being, having at least 10 points in your first 10 games with a home game against the Montreal Canadiens. And I don't know about you, but I mean, we were sort of looking at this first 10 game segment and looking at the teams that the Winnipeg Jets were playing and where they were playing it. And I think most would have agreed. Well, I said yesterday, you got to survive these first 10 games. You can't end up like the Vancouver Canucks and be looking up at the rest of the division and be playing catch-up uh, for the next number of months. And so far, so good. But the big key to that now is to build off last uh, off Monday's win 
and um, try and do it again on the road against a very good team, the Los Angeles Kings. So uh, it sets up to be uh, an interesting one tonight. And, you know, I would say this, I think a really big 48 hours for the Winnipeg Jets, because we know that that game in Vegas on Sunday is going to be difficult. Um, but to start off this road trip with something positive, get some points in the bank before heading to Arizona and that back-to-back in the home opener would be uh, would be really big for Winnipeg and would be a real positive coming back home for more home cooking in the month of November. Yeah, you get it almost two weeks at home to start November, and you also get to play against Montreal, who's not a playoff team, and Chicago. While they've played well, they weren't projected. That's a nice Saturday after... New game, then the divisional game against Dallas. Uh, one player to watch tonight, uh, Kyle Connor. He's got, you know, zero goals against a goal. He's got the one empty netter this He's season. He's scoring tonight. Yeah, I don't see, you know, you've watched him play. He's had a lot of shots. He's had a lot of chances. He had a post yesterday, last game on the power play. I don't think there should be any reason for concern, but you'd like to see him get on the board. He almost scored 50 last year to have zero. I, th- I do agree with you. If it's not tonight for sure tomorrow i think you said three goals on this uh, yeah. road trip Is he's that... getting three goals on this road trip that's my prediction so we'll see if he can get score them in bunches or what um but yeah they're gonna need they had goals you know points from a number of different players on monday you'd like to see them keep that going today and let's see uh you know like see a power play goal as well because they weren't able to convert on monday that's something that i'm uh, i'm looking out for and we mentioned this yesterday i mean the jets start staying in there while you know you're not there's only six games, so how many games over 500 can you really be? But as, you know, keep it even at, at three and three. You're staying in the hunt, um, you know, with the other teams, and you have, do have some divisional games coming up. So you're not you're not sinking yourself like Vancouver. Staying in the did. fight? Can we you're, still use "stay in the fight"? Is that uh, is that trademark that? from a previous administration, or can we still talk about staying uh, in the fight right now, especially this early in the season? You can you can say that. You can say you can say there's. St- they're still in the hunt here. It's it's obviously pretty early, but again, uh, Vancouver they they're done. I think we can we're, stick okay. A we're gonna get we'll get to the cool bet odds a little later on. We'll hit this National Football League game tonight between the Bucks and the Ravens and the Jets. But just while we're bringing up Kyle Connor, I pulled this up. His numbers gone up a little bit, um, plus one fifty to score tonight. But Reem, as I said, I think these are gonna come in bunches. Plus seven forty for two goals. And 31 to one for a hat trick. I might put a little sprinkle on that for the next couple games over the next little bit. We will definitely be seeing Kyle Connor light the lamp. I'm I'm sure of it. Um, we'll talk about it with Billet coming up as well as uh, we'll see if he has any declarations that he can make as far as uh, what's happening in the, in the future. Um, hey, before we do that, I got to thank our friends and our newest sponsor, the gang over at Consolidated Supply for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Always great to have supporters that are also big time listeners of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And I know Joe and Spicy, Gino and the gang over there, daily listeners. So we appreciate their uh, support of us. And you might not know, Consolidated Supply is the leader in irrigation Uh, From lawn and garden to golf, bringing the highest quality products and exceptional customer service. And not only for irrigation, for your properties, landscaping needs, and more. 
also have artificial turf. If you're thinking of maybe building that dream putting green in the backyard or somewhere on the property. Uh, but much more than that, just, I mean, they've kind of started out as golf and obviously they've been the leaders in golf cars in Manitoba, uh, both for go the golf industry as well as industrial or for personal use. Um, got some pretty amazing units there. Two-seaters, four-seaters, six-seaters, uh, and also specializing in small engine parts, hot tubs, outdoor kitchens, and more. Pop down and see the gang at Consolidated Supply, 1395 Niagara Road East, or check out their brand-new website at cte.ca for more on what Consolidated can do for you. Uh, our friends over at Vita Health Fresh Market continue to be the leaders providing Manitobans with great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. When you shop at Vita Health, you're supporting a great local company, family-owned and operated since 1936, carrying Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products. Hey, with uh, the seasons changing, great immunity products like vitamin C and D and awesome school-friendly snacks and lunch items. And hey, for those of you on the go, Pop into any Vita Health and check out their Grab and Go Deli featuring delicious and healthy Vita Market salad, soup, sandwiches, and more. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online with their new fully shoppable website at myvita.ca. And hey, winter is coming, folks. And Wallace and Wallace wants to remind you not to forget your garage door as you're working through your home winterization list. Summer rain, dirt, and dust can stain your door, so a quick pressure wash or hose down with a mild soap or detergent will not only brighten up your curb appeal, but also protect the life of your door. Uh, you're also going to want to make sure you lubricate your rollers and hinges with a high-quality lithium or silicone-based grease. Don't use WD-40s. It can cause problems. Temperature drops and doesn't lubricate nylon rollers. But hey, you can also call Wallace and & Wallace and take advantage of their winter maintenance program, their version of a medical checkup for your door. You'll get the full rubber glove treatment. Their technicians will poke and prod their way through a 21-point checklist, making sure your door is ready for the winter ahead. To book your service call, go to wallacedoors.com or give them a call at 204-2700. And of course, you can always pop down and see what Wallace has going on for both overhead doors and fencing at 90 Lawson Crescent. All right, Jets, Kings, a wild night last night in the city. Let's welcome in Scott Billick from <laughs> the Winnipeg Sun. Of course, Scott on bomber duty as well. Billy, what's going on? How are you? I'm recovering from all the tweets that I read last night about a certain uh, organ news organization that uh, definitely called the election way too early. So uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't even know what to say. I really don't want to dump on them any more than we probably already have. But uh, you got to get to the amazing race, man. Got to get to the amazing race. No, they um, lost the amazing race. To get the election, the mayor of Winnipeg right. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it's embarrassing. And to be honest, it looks bad for the rest of us, too. And, you know, some guys like, you know, uh, I mean, John. Uh, More fake news. More fake news, yeah, Scott. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I said my piece on Twitter last night. I mean, that's, uh, it's just, it's, it's been a rough one. So, um, but I mean, you know, whatever. It's an election. It made the election interesting, I suppose. Made the coverage interesting and made being on social media interesting during oh, the election. That, so, that it certainly did. That it right. certainly did. So maybe, say, uh, maybe that'll get you know more than thirty-seven point like three percent 
people off their asses to vote next time. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that was the most exciting thing about this whole election race was, you know, uh, a certain organization deciding that it would pull it. Uh, well, not like basically half the polls were in and uh, it turned to be a complete disaster for them. Yeah, that was uh, that was a major L. Well, uh, the Jets are coming off a big W uh, yeah. on Monday night. Um, what, what was your takeaways from that game? How important do you think that performance was? The full sixty minutes as they head out on the road, trying to trying to come out of this really tough first ten games with their heads above water and focused on continuing to stay in the mix of the Central Division early on in the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, uh, it, it was almost like, you know, the Jets were finally going to do it eventually. Like, it, it was coming. Like, you know, this team would play two periods or, you know, one and a half or two and a half, and, and they would, you know, get through a game with, you know, almost playing a full 60 but but not getting there. I mean, you know, a lot of the players talked about it after as being kind of this blueprint to, you know, this is how the, the team, you know, can kind of, you know, this should be the benchmark from now on. And, you know, it, it was like the, all the stars kind of aligned, and you know. But the you know the thing that stood out to me was like they did it against a good team. Um, you know, uh, St. Louis came to that game undefeated. Um, yeah, they didn't have Bennington net, but you know, I don't think Bennington was stopping a couple of those shots anyways. So um, I don't think he makes a difference on that night because the Jets were playing so well in all three zones that, uh, you know, it was just kind of, uh, it, it, was, it, it was. I thought Grace was really good to be honest. And, and that's it, right? Like Grace was good and the Jets still found ways to kind of beat him too, right? Like they, they did everything, you know, Rick Bonus obviously wasn't there after the scary incident on Monday there um, before, uh, before, before the game, obviously. Um, and, you know, and I remember tweeting out and even, I, I think I wrote it too. It was like, you know, this is a game where like Rick Bonus could just sit back and like he wouldn't have to worry about the team for a night. He didn't have to overanalyze what they did and didn't do wrong, right and wrong or anything like that because his team went out and did exactly what they've been asking. The whole coaching staff has been asking him to do since day one of training camp. Um, you know, they played hard on the forecheck. They were great on the back check. I um, mean, you notice guys like Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor in those zones where. You're starting to now forget the fact that these guys weren't playing defense really well over the last couple of seasons because they're starting to really like earn it, right? They're earning the trust of of their teammates, probably first and foremost, and 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 of the fan base because they're doing what needs to be done. And and I don't know. I mean, we can argue that it's it's kind of cost Kyle Connor a little bit of his offense uh, early on in this season, but I think with Mark Shifley, it's you know having just a coaching staff that's willing to like push him. And, and and kind of hit the buttons that Shifley needs to hit for himself. I mean, that's turned him to this player who's, you know, I think four goals on the season now. I mean, he's playing really well, and it's not costing him offense. Where, as we saw under Paul Maurice, when Paul Maurice tried to get those guys to play more defensively, it was costing them at the other end of the rink. Um, this seems to be not the case for, for Mark Shifley in that top line right now. And they're, let's, you know, and they're still doing without Nikolai either. So it, it, it's... You know, this is a team that, you know, we, we, we've been told time and time again, it's a work in progress, um, that there's going to be growing pains and that sort of thing. But I think if you're like a fan right now, like you, you, you see some hope that this team can um, play a style of game that can compete with the good teams. And you know, we always used to like say, and it was kind of this like joke or whatever, like, you know, the Jets would like, lower themselves to the level of their opponent was playing right like that always used to be the thing well the jets are now like getting up for some of these games against 
the Colorados. They beat Colorado. They beat St. Louis. I mean, they had that rough first period in Vegas, but then played two good periods after that. Um, so the Jets are now rising to the occasion in these games, and it doesn't feel like you know they're out of them at any, any point yet. And and even in that Vegas game, you almost thought that they're you know the way that they were starting to play in the second and third that they might actually make a game out of it. And I thought they did in the end. Um, but you know, I, I think they're seeing more of the good in this team, more of what Rick Bonus wants it to be. And even though he hasn't really been around the team a whole lot, I mean, at least in person, um, I think there's, you know, the the message, the overall um, structure and, and everything they learned in training camp is something that they're uh, they're really starting to grasp. No, I, I, I agree with you on, on most of those points. Just quickly on the top line. Yeah. Um, some of the most important moments in the game, um, from my perspective on Monday night, and maybe it's more of a big picture than, you know, a, the minutia of a 60-minute NHL hockey game. Right. But was the uh, the the very clear and obvious all-out effort by both Connor and especially Shifley in a back-checking role. Yeah. And I think about something that Scott Arneal had said, and again, he's been, for the most part, the spokesperson of the coaching staff with Rick on the shelf. Yeah. And he was very clear. He said, we have challenged Mark Shifley to be – a guy that you know can go out, can can handle these matchups. It's one thing to play twenty two minutes a night as a number one center, but if you're not getting it done in your own end, and you know Mark Mark and we don't talk a lot about plus minus because it is a flawed stat, but right. I mean if you ha- when we're talking about an entire season, you will see trends. And I mean Mark had his clearly his worst minus season ever last year, and you know sometimes the offense wasn't going, but. You know, to see the commitment that those guys had, especially in a grinding game like that against the St. Louis Blues, I thought must have put a smile on Rick Bonus's face wherever he was laying down watching the game. Yeah. And, and you know, for them to have that sort of success in the offensive zone, kind of cycling, grinding, doing some of the things that haven't traditionally been associated with that line, and maybe a little bit easier to do it in that sort of game with a Mason Appleton on that line than than Nikolai Ehlers because of Appleton's propensity for forechecking, getting pucks, and then getting it to those other guys. Yeah. But man, there's been a lot of really good signs early on of that of that of that line, but the team overall. And now, as Remus pointed out at the beginning of the program, this is a big one tonight to see if you can pull it off again. And hey, yeah. the result will be what the result is. But I think that if the Winnipeg Jets can go out and play a very similar style of game and be committed in both of those ends. Good things begat more good things. And, you know, I think there was a lot of momentum and a lot of positive positives of, of self-reinforcement that the team earned from that win against St. Louis. And I'm really interested to see if they can continue doing that starting off on the road tonight. Well, yeah, and Morgan Barron kind of said it the best yesterday. That it's like, you know, we have to find some continuity. We have to be able to string these wins together, these performances. And when we don't want to be, you know, in his words, we don't want to be a 500 team teetering on 500 where the Jets are at right now, right? I mean, I, you know, it, it's interesting because, like, everybody seems to kind of be pulling in the right direction right now, the same direction. Um, and you talked about Shifley and, and Connor there and that sort of thing. And I, I totally agree with you. Like, I mean, the idea that this coaching staff is pushing those two, and I, I don't think it was much uh, for Connor. I don't think he really needs that. He just needs to be kind of, you know, you tell him what to do and he'll go and do it. But for Shifley, like there's, I mean, for me, it's two words. It's buy-in, right? Like, I mean, that's, 
that's where it is. This coaching staff has managed, you know, for all the talk that, oh, it's not Barry Trotz and blah, 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 blah. Regardless, right now, six games into the season, this coaching staff, Rick Bonus and Brad Lauer and, 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 and Scott O'Neill, has found a way to get this team to buy into what they're selling. And there's a lot of people out there who believe that's all this team sort of needed, right? Like they, they needed, you know, yeah, you could have added a lot during the summer and, and we all kind of, you know, took our shots at the team, not, not making, you know, ros- big roster changes and all that. You know, one of the things I wrote during the summer is, you know, I kind of, it wasn't surprising that Kevin Chevalier didn't make a lot of changes because I think he feels like he has built a team that actually can compete, but it just didn't, you know, eventually just didn't have the voices last year um, and, and the leadership, at least from behind the bench to do it. Um, I think you see that this season. I think there's just been this, this after eight years, the message got stale, you know, and, 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 and you know, one of the biggest questions coming into the season was how impactful can a head coach be? Because kind of what all the Jets did this summer was ch- make a change behind the bench. <laughs> and, and Kevin showed up, he, I mean, it was a bit of hyperbole. He called it seismic, right? The change and that sort of thing. We kind of snickered at that. But the way that you're seeing it right now, like maybe it is a little seismic. Maybe he's right, you know, like, to get Mark and, and Kyle and that top line playing that way, to get the buy-in from the third and the fourth lines to, to play, to give those, especially the fourth line, the confidence to be out in the fourth in the third period, you know, out late, and where the fourth line never really saw that under Paul Maurice. Like it, it, it feels like everybody on this team actually feels a part of what's going on. And, and, you know, if we, anybody who's been on a team before, I mean, you would know that, you know, if you feel like you're part of the team, it, it it helps whether you're playing a small role or a large role or whatever. I mean, you see this kind of with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But um, right down from the long snapper to you know the guy that's on the even guy you talk to guys on special te- or on on the practice roster for the Bombers, and they speak the same way as you know the, the Big Hills and the and the Coloroses and stuff. And you know, I think it's this bit of culture change that the Jets are seeing right now that that's starting to kind of foster like you know, good feelings in the room, but also uh, like confidence on the ice. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see. We're six games in. I could be completely wrong about this six games from now. Um, but I think you're seeing some good signs from this team. And, and, when you, and, and I think you can tell that basically exactly what you said is that you have the Marks and, and the Mark Shifley's and the Kyle Connors back in the defensive zone doing what has been asked of them, and, and nobody seems to be complaining about it. And, and they're, they're just three and three. You know, it's not like they're six and zero, and you can ride because you haven't lost yet. No, this team, I still think, even at three and three, thinks that they're still building, and and there's an identity already kind of established of how this team wants to play, um, and and they know. I mean, Mark Shifley said it best during the during the preseason, like he needs a purpose, and I think he's found it, and I think this team collectively has found that purpose. Yeah, well, I mean, very simply, the purpose is to win hockey games. And right. um, if you buy in and play as a team, you'll have a much better chance of doing that on a regular basis. And I think we've seen that in spots. We saw it in full-color HD 4K on Monday <laughs> night with the way yeah. that they played. And, 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 you know, you talk about them being sort of more of a team. I mean, I've been – and, again, this is still very early, but I got to say, I mean, I'm really impressed with really the way Blake Wheeler's handled his personal oh. situation with the leadership group. Um, throughout, I don't think there was any question about the level of effort that Blake's going to put out. But as I spoke with Murat yesterday, he's in a good place right now. I mean, he's still yeah. in a very important, impactful role. Um, but I think we are seeing maybe some of the 
the liberating nature of spreading out the responsibility of being the face of the franchise and the culture carrier for this team. And there have been some guys that I think have added a real new positive um, positive part to that. Adam Lowry, certainly there. Josh Morrissey. And I think even Morrissey and Shifley's voices as leaders are louder right now with the decision you know that was made. But at the same time, there's been nothing to indicate that you know, Blake has had, you know, there's been any negative sides of it. And on the ice, I think he's been, he's been really good so far. You know, he's a guy that's had some slow starts traditionally. Yeah. He's not had a slow start this year and has been a big part of it. But you talk about the team. I mean, the bottom six was an area of, um, that really needed improvement. We've seen a new look fourth line. I think Morgan Barron, certainly on Monday night, but in spurts has, you know, had some quality chances, finally yeah. got rewarded for it. Sam Gagne, I mean, this is it was one of the topics we had on Monday. I mean, you want to talk about a great value signing yep. made by the Winnipeg Jets. Maybe like dollar for dollar for, on a short-term deal. This is right up with the best that I think the Jets have ever made. Um, and even in a game like that, that was very tight. It was one nothing until mm -hmm. midway through the third period. You look at the fourth line. David Gustafson playing nine minutes. Axel and uh, and Sacramento going eight minutes, yep. and Scott Arneal, to his credit, has not shied away from putting those guys out in in times in leverage situations. Scott, that yep. just simply would not have happened under previous uh, under previous incarnations of this team. And you know what, the coaching staff I think is being a bit rewarded right now for the confidence they they put in some of those other players. And here's the other thing. Um, so Shifley ended up with 21-24. Now, there was a lot of power play time in that game. Uh, so there was six minutes for that. And Wheeler as yep. well getting up to that. But for the most part, at five on five, um, you know, you'll always play your first line a little bit more than your fourth. But we're at a point where it these numbers make a lot more sense. And I think that they are also numbers right now that you can consistently roll out and try and get close to your best out of those players. I think we all knew that. I mean, you play guys 25 minutes a night with the NHL schedule right now. I mean, you will see the law of diminishing returns in performance. And and you've seen that with the Jets in, in many years past where they rode that top line hard, 25, 26 minutes a night. You get to the playoffs and they're done, right? I mean, that's a lot of mileage to put on. Um, just to touch on your Blake Wheeler thing, completely agree. I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I tried to ask Blake in the road trip about it and, you know, he kind of gave me the, what are you talking about? Everything's fine, blah, blah, blah. I'm fine. That was actually yeah. a very funny interaction. It, it, it was, I'm, and, I'm it's like, and I get it. I mean, I, I kind of expected it from Blake. I don't expect him to bear a soul for me and everything. But, you know, I think if there was an issue or a tension or whatever, we'd see it again, right? We're back in the room. We're on the road. We see the interactions, all that stuff. Uh, you know, sometimes you can fake all that kind of stuff. Sometimes you can't. Yeah, I, I think that... Blake, and I would agree with it. If that's what Murat said yesterday. I mean, I would agree. Like that, you know, he is in a in a better place. There, there's not that burden of the captaincy, and and probably more so the burden of leading with a style that might not be really always getting across to the whole team. And now your your leadership group, kind of. I mean, I mean, there are they're mostly veteran players, you know, in that. But but I think you know some of the young guys still have say in it, right? I mean. Nikolai Ehlers, not not old by any means, obviously a veteran on this team, but you know I think he's one of the links to the young guys too, and and so it gets them in place. But I think a lot of these guys just feel like there is a place for them now, not just on the ice, but off of it to to speak up, to say whatever they want to say, 
and and of course, I mean that 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 translates into these good vibes that we we we've we've been hearing about and talked about and stuff like that. It's it's those types of mm-hmm. things that foster a, a a better culture. And you know, just to go to your fourth line thing. Yeah, I mean, I, but I think they've found like so. First of all, Sam Gagne, probably the best veteran signing they've had in years. Maybe the one of their best veteran signings of all time for like a fourth line role. Um, just based on you know, it's early. I'm kind of declaring that probably six games in is probably not good. But like Sam Gagne has been a good player. You know, he's playing on the power play. We've seen a lot of fourth line guys come in here. The Matt Hendricks, Nate Thompsons, blah blah blah. Those guys have always just been PK guys stashed away playing four minutes a night. Not really the case with Sam Gagne. And honestly, with him, I mean, you could probably put him on the top line and he could still play. Um, maybe not as fast as they'd want, but I mean, in in a, in a in a pinch, you could put him there. Um, but yeah, like I think. You know, the David Gustafson, like you said, uh, the Saku Man Alliance, who's been given a lot. I mean, this guy went from, you know, not being, you know, a regular in the NHL to, to, to earning a spot in this team. And he has a role. Like, he's, he's a physical dude. Like, often don't, don't, often don't think of Finnish guys as these big Finnish or these big powerhouses phys- physically speaking. Um, there are a lot of finesse and all that stuff. And, but no, you're seeing with, with him even that, like, He's carved out a role on the roster. David Gustafson's carved out a, a role, and they gave him the confidence at the start of training camp to put him on the fourth line and, and just let him earn the spot. And it wasn't like, you know, last year where he knew where Gustafson stood because he was already starting on the, you know, quote-unquote fifth line in training camp. Like, these guys were given opportunities, and they still are given opportunities to to prove themselves. And I think that's part of this, too. It's like... It, it, there's still like this competition going on with this team. Morgan Barron talked about it yesterday. He's like, you know, I'm glad I'm here, but in no way do I think I'm like basically I, I, I'm stuck here. I'm not I'm not going anywhere. Like I mean, I'm still in. I feel like I'm in a competition for a spot every day. Um, and and you know that's kind of again a bit of a change, right? I mean, I think these young players like the Barons and the Gustafsons, they also don't think that one mistake is gonna you know, ruin, you know, they're not going to play or they're going to get sad or whatever. And I, you know, it just, it's so different. We're learning a lot uh, different about this, this team this year, about how they're coaching it and stuff. And, you know, halfway through the season, probably have a really good grasp on like kind of how, how it, it, it goes. But the early signs are that like, there's a lot of trust from the top line to the fourth line, from the top pairing to the fourth pairing. And we haven't even talked about Connor Hellebuck yet. I thought he's just been dialed in this whole season. I mean, he had a couple outings that maybe, you know, whatever, but I don't think he's really had it really been kind of his fault. He's not letting in those whatever squeakers or whatever. He's well, and at the really same time. Again, and at the right? same time, I mean, so. you talk about that 25 save shutout on, uh, on yeah. I mean, he was awesome in the first period. Um, you know, they had those two penalty kills, which were crucial. I mean, you don't want to get down early, especially playing yeah. well, the way they were. I mean, I don't want to say, uh, I won't say that they're a fragile team in the past though. They have been. And, yeah, yeah. um, and you know it can go south, and you can get off your game, and then you can start chasing it. That didn't happen. Hellebuck was a huge part of it. But to the team's credit, once they got through that first period and continued to ramp up the way that they played, um, it was at times pretty lonely for Connor back in his net. And uh, yeah. I'm sure he was fine with that. Although he'll always say that he likes he likes the action. Yeah. Um, but you, we've talked a lot about competition and. Um, listen, Logan Stanley had a real strong game, as did most of the members of the Jet Blue Line, uh, yeah. playing with Dylan DeMello. Um, 
And in a way, this has set up a really good situation. Philly Hanel is absolutely on fire right now with the Manitoba Moose. And I mean, yep. he is going to get an opportunity at some point, depending on injuries. And I think he'll be ready to make the most of that. But right now, Dylan Sandberg came in that game when they shifted all three, all three defense pairings against the Colorado Avalanche. And I loved his game. I mean, it was relatively quiet. Um, there wasn't a lot of fires and even playing against a team like the Avalanche, that is pretty much the measuring stick right now in the National Hockey League. He really acquitted himself well, would have certainly stayed in the lineup, but got hurt. Logan Stanley made the most of that opportunity. I thought he was fine against Toronto, but I really thought that he was yeah. at he was at the sort of player that I think they hope they can get regularly if he is in the lineup against the St. Louis Blues. Now he's a little dinged up, and now Sandberg comes back in, you know, with the challenge of maybe trying to once again maybe grab a bit stronger hold on that spot and be a regular in the lineup. And that's exactly the sort of competition that you want for that yeah. final spot in the roster. And um, you know, I know there's some people that would like to see. I mean, I think the Billy Hanela issue with him being the moose right now probably somewhat positive for him to play as much as he is, but he yeah. is ready and that is going to come at a certain point. But for the guys right now battling for it, you got to be good and you got to have strong play to stay in the game. And I'm sure that is the best case scenario in the minds of the coaching staff to get the most out of that third pairing. And a lot of credit goes to Dylan DeMello. He has been the perfect, yeah. perfect pairing for whether it's Sandberg or Stanley. And I think we've seen a more confident young player playing alongside DeMello after they did the yeah. shakeup of those defense pairings. Well, and what a change, right? Because like before it was like, you know, this team was like trying to find a sixth defenseman, right? Like, None of them would really come in and, and really make a splash, and it was difficult. And especially before they added, you know, Brendan Dillon and 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 obviously Nate Schmidt. Um, now it's like, yeah, like there's there's genuine, um, yeah, competition, right? I mean, you know, if if Dylan Sandberg doesn't play well, let's say, well, then Logan Stanley might come back in, and 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 I think you're right. Like I think, I think there is a confidence for a guy like Logan Stanley that we've seen this year. A little different. Yeah, he's had some of the same mistakes that he's made, um, but he hasn't been pulled out of the lineup right away, right? Like, I mean, I think we forget too that, yeah, it, you know, as much as we you know bash on Logan Stanley at times for the mistakes he makes, uh, I mean, he'll lose confidence the same way as anybody that gets ripped out of the lineup because of some of those. It, it, it's not just you know Logan Stanley stays in and and whatever. He's not immune to it. Um, and I think Dylan Sandberg, like you said, acquitted himself very nicely. Uh, against Colorado and this is you know a quiet game from a defenseman is often a good game um you know especially for a guy like him who's um more of this stay at home kind of you know defensive defenseman type of of guy um th there is some offense there from Dylan Sandberg I'm not sure how much we're, we'll see it uh, all the time um but I mean that's what you want from him. you want a guy that comes out and he, he's a good safe option um and especially when you see guys like Josh and and, and Nate Schmidt and Neil Pionk moving up the ice you don't always need all six of them going up the ice. And even Dylan DeMallo has been moving up the ice, right? I mean, in him way down low is a, is a bit of a fun thing to watch too, because I mean, you, you view Dylan DeMello as this, this, you know, very good defensive defenseman, um, but you don't always see that offensive upside from him. Um, so yeah, there, there's room for guys like that on this team where it's not just everybody's playing defense now and you're getting nothing from the back end. I, I think you've seen, you know, a lot of activation, a lot of that sort of thing from those guys. And, um, yeah, I, I'm interested to see what Dylan Sandberg can do tonight. Uh, just checking out the lineups here. Stanley's not going to be in. 
Um, uh, yeah, he won't be in the lineup tonight because he's still banged up from blocking that shot. Um, so, yeah, you can see Dylan Sandberg back. And, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I think they're they're happy with what Dylan Sandberg has done um, on this, uh, you know, with it. And I think they would have played Dylan Sandberg early. He just didn't stand out, right? I mean, that was the thing. But, you know, I think we probably don't give Logan Stanley enough credit there at times, too, that he's hang, hung in there, too. Um, he didn't lose ground on any of those guys, and that's why I think you've seen, you know, Logan Stanley play a lot this season. And, um, yeah, he hasn't been great the whole time, but he had his probably his best game um, as a pro uh, on Monday night there um, again against the Blues before. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then, you know, it's just kind of not great for him that he has to kind of come out now because of injury. But, yeah, there's no drop-off, right? Because I don't think you're, you lose anything with Dylan Samber coming in the lineup. And a lot of people would argue you know, the team gets better with him in the lineup. Yeah, well, hey, I mean, guys are going to need to be hungry. And when you're in the lineup, you're going to have to play well enough to stay in the lineup. And that's, yep. I think, exactly what they had envisioned with the uh, at the bottom of the Jets' defensive depth chart. Uh, we'll see Connor Hellebuck tonight, it seems, yeah. which I imagine will be Dave Riddick time tomorrow night tomorrow, in yeah. Arizona. Well, and, um, of course... <laughs> Did you see those those visiting room lockers, the, the thing yeah, from yesterday? A, yeah, it's a trade show floor. <laughs> it's, it's horrible, man. <laughs> you can have like little like cloth dividers. Remo, you got to pull that video. Well, I the thing is the Jets have to win this game tomorrow night because then we'll be able to see like the jacket presentation walking like basically across an entire rink. Here you go. Yeah. I mean <laughs> – I, I, we, oh I listen, goodness. it's obviously low lying fruit. Um, and Still everything, every, yeah, 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 that's, that's <laughs> good, good point. Um, there's a lot to kind of crack on the coyotes, but, um, bottom line oh, is the goodness. jets need to go in there and, uh, and get two points. I mean, I think if they, sure, can, yes. if they can get, if they can get two wins of three on this trip and you come back with five wins or 10 points in your first 10 games of the season with a home game against Montreal. Um, in that way, yes, there it is. The oh trade show goodness. floor soon to be hosting the Winnipeg Jets before the a game at the Mullet Arena uh, tomorrow night. Um, they'll put themselves in a really, really good situation. Hey, just quickly yeah. before we go, I know you've been uh, following the Bombers this week, and Ed yeah. Tate will join us to tee up tomorrow night's game. Um, going to see many of the uh, of the regulars back in the lineup. We'll yeah. see how much they play tomorrow, uh, yeah. and of course, some intrigue in this game that really doesn't mean much because Nathan Rourke's on the other side, back at quarterback for the BC Lions, and that's a great story for anyone that likes the Canadian Football League, and even for the Bombers. You want to win, you want to be the best. Well, beat the best, and um, Nathan Rourke was right there with his BC Lions team until he went out after Week Ten. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the first quarter tomorrow night will be. Uh... A pretty good preview of what the West Division final could look like uh, if they get there, and then from the rest of there, who knows? It's a battle of the backups at that point. But uh, no, it is it is good to see Nathan work back. I mean, number one, he's a Canadian quarterback that was having you know a, a, a bevy of success before he got injured. All I mean, time I, season, right? Exactly. I mean, he it, literally he's probably the most outstanding Canadian. If not, he might have been the MOP too. Uh, if not, of getting injured, right? I mean. You know, I think Nick Dembski might have a good in for the most outstanding Canadian this year um, cause just because Rourke only played half the season. But, again, you know, Zach Claros kind of talked about it today. I uh, was down there for the, the thing, uh, for the uh, the walkthrough. Um, and, you know, he was asked, like, well, do you really want to see Nathan Rourke and that sort of thing? And it's like, he was like, yeah, like, you want to beat – you want to beat players like that, but you also want to see those guys healthy, right? Like, I mean – Zach Claros is no stranger to injuries himself. Um, he's been through a lot as a quarterback. 
um, and getting himself through some of those concussions and that sort of thing. Um, you know, it, it's good for the league to have this this back. And if this builds momentum, I know you know BC is going to have to beat Calgary, which isn't going to be an easy feat um, in, in in the divisional semifinal next week. Um, but you know that makes for a hell of a storyline if uh, Nathan Rourke and the Lions come back here in the West Final. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to that. And, and other than that, I mean, the Bombers again. I, they're the most incredible team that I've you know I've covered in terms of like their head and where they're at. Um, you know, this is they still want to win this week. It's all about getting better. Still, I I, I don't get it because um, it's such a nothing burger game. But it it for them. I mean, it's. I was bugging Brandon Alexander about it today. I'm like, dude, like, come on, this this game's nothing, right? Like, he's like, no, man, like, we're gonna win, and it's like, yeah, and I'm like, all right, fair enough, you know, you know, I get it, and but I like, I I also really like that as as a reporter and just somebody watching a sports team, like how incredible, like it's hard to describe how incredible this culture is with this Bombers team, it, and I, yeah, I mean, you notice it at the games and stuff. We all watch it on the field, but just talking to these guys, like I said earlier, it doesn't matter if it's the practice roster guys or the, or the big Hills and the Caleroses, they all say the damn, the same thing. It's almost annoying to a point, but it's also so unbelievable that you, that you don't need, like, it's like, it's well, like, it's funny. Guys, think, yeah. think about what we've talked about with the Jets all this time and like how right. the coaches needed to get the buy-in from the team. Well, right. they got the buy-in a while and the winning begets more winning um oh, yeah. and, and, and everything that they're preaching to the team has been proven true through two championship seasons exactly. and you know on yeah. a micro level you hope that those sort of small victories for the winnipeg jets like they had on monday can turn themselves into more consistent yeah. performances which will help them going forward scotty yeah. great stuff as always man thanks for doing this we yeah. will look yeah. forward to uh all of your reporting in the sun on the bombers on the weekend yeah. and uh of course, we'll talk more Jets and stuff with you next week as the team comes home for a little bit more of an extended stay at Canada Life Center. Have a great one and an awesome weekend. I do want to get to our why not question of the day, though. And this is going to be fun. This will be a, a, a different one. Normally, we're asking a question about the game or something to do with the Jets and make sure to hit us up in the comments. Uh, but today for our why not question of the day, your best CTV Winnipeg declaration. Put it in the ch in the comments declare much like things that were declared last night that didn't exactly happen. You can be declaring things that you don't want to happen. So the opposite happens much like last night or elsewhere, but uh, yes, declaration time in the chat. And most importantly, in the comments of the YouTube channel, we'll go through the funniest ones. We'll hit them up tomorrow on the program and we will certainly, uh, we'll grab a prize for the best one. We'll do that on the program. Of course, not AutoCorp. I was going to say, up, also, if, if anyone wants to say what the uh, Jets dressing room in Arizona looks like, too, throw that in there. Uh, Jeff Cabela says it looks like an independent wrestling show set up. <laughs> so there's some, some good Trade ones. Show. Yes, that's right. Okay, that's all in there for the why not question of the day from our friends at Not Auto Corporate Waverly and McGillivray, the Tesla experts in town at a big Tesla event right now, but their Tesla experience program with overnight or weekend rides to teach you all about a move to an electric vehicle still on right now. And hey, the other thing that's happening right now over at Not, 
winter's right around the corner and they've got the winter tire specials and the MPI payment plan. So why not get safe winter tires now and pay later? And of course, warranty approved servicing and maintenance repair on all makes. And hey, if you are looking for a new vehicle, electric or traditional, before you do anything, head on down to the experts at Knot. Why not get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot Auto Corp team? Uh, our gang at uh, Royal Sports, ready for the playoffs for the Bombers, certainly ready for Winnipeg Jet season and ready for the World Cup as well. Many people wondering where the heck can I get some Canada gear for the upcoming World Cup. The place to do that is Royal Sports. I'm actually going to pop down, get some gear. Maybe we'll drop a little video when, uh, when we head down there on the Winnipeg Sports Talk channel. Uh, but you know Royal Sports. It is the sports superstore in Winnipeg. The best merch from the National Hockey League, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, Canada Soccer, and more. Excuse me. And the Hockey Superstore for over 35 years, family-owned, with the experts in town to get you and the player on your team to maximum performance. Royal Sports, hit them up on Instagram as well, at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And uh, yeah, suit show coming up after the wonderful support. By the way, let's get a few more likes here if you don't mind. Uh, thumbs up, as always. Um, but you came through when we were at the rink. We'll be cranking out the new F Apparel suits very soon on the program. And if you need to up your wardrobe, pop down and see Andrew and his great staff at F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown. Two big sales right now. Buy one suit, get another one for 30% off. And fellas, if you got a wedding coming up next summer, if you get you and the gang in there booked and measured before the end of November, everyone in the wedding party will get a free shirt and 10% off your purchase. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks at F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown. F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. All right, let's welcome in our guy, Brandon Rewicki, after a little technical timeout. Rue, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing pretty. Oh, wait, hold on. Breaking news. Um, CTV Winnipeg has declared TSN 1290 as the radio station of the year for 2023. So, <laughs> wow. Exciting stuff, man. Who would have guessed? What, what a gong show last night. I mean, listen, we kind of know a little bit about how things work behind the scenes on the radio side and with the big company. I mean, maybe this is just a sign of the times when you whack enough people and get down to an absolute skeleton crew. Mistakes like that can happen, but... My God, I mean, that is egg on the face of everybody involved. And I, frankly, I feel sorry for some of the people that are out front because it's not their call that's making that happen. But um, how the hell does that happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it couldn't, couldn't happen to a nicer company. It's unfortunate, <laughs> but it's the way she goes, eh? I, do, I, I was just shocked because I was following along on Twitter and and uh, Barley Kivas is kind of like live tweeting the results. And it was really early, like really early. Big and time. it was really like, I mean, there was, I don't know what if it was like a couple hundred or a couple thousand votes, whatever it was. I was like, wow, they're, 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 they're giving her right off the bat here. Maybe, maybe wait until we're over 50% reporting all that. But that was, yeah, that's, that's an all time blunder, man. Uh, yeah. I, I wish I could say it was surprised, but not surprised. Um, on a, on a more lighthearted note, CTV Winnipeg has also declared my diet to start Monday. So I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to that. Getting 
<laughs> I knew I knew this entire show today would just be dunking on everything that happened yesterday and whatever. I'm here for it. Uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was embarrassing. Certainly made the election night that much more interesting. I'll say that. Yeah. And um, you know, for everyone that didn't vote. Um, hopefully they get out next time, exercise their right, and um, you know we'll tune in for all the feedback and results in real time. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe lessons will be learned. We'll wait till we actually know who's won before we crown a winner and then go to the amazing race. Anyways, let's get to the Jets. Um, big three-game road trip tonight beginning in L.A., but um, you know, I'll kind of start where I started with Scott. I mean, uh, takeaways from the first six games, but especially that performance on Monday, bouncing back with the most complete effort by far this season against a good St. Louis team after a frustrating night at home against the Leafs on Saturday. Yeah, they, I mean, if we're just going to put it in, in blunt terms, they kicked the crap out of them. It was a bit of a curb stomping by the Jets, and, you know, I, I think St. Louis, in a way, was flattered by the scoreline for for a large portion of that game. I mean, that's that's kind of what you envisioned if if you were an optimist on their chances this season. That that's kind of what you envisioned the team to look like. You know, go up against maybe not an upper echelon contender, but but a damn good team in their own right, and you take it to them in your own barn. And and the place was bumping too. I mean, that was it was really best case scenario all around for the Jets. I, I think that. That was the the snapshot of what Rick Bonus and then maybe even Kevin Shoveldayoff want this team to look like. Like that that's that's what best case scenario is. Now, you know, I don't want to pump the brakes too much, but there were even with the disaster that was last season, we we still saw that a few times, right? Like they the the, the Jets, we all know the Jets are capable of performances like that. It's more so can you string Five of them in the next in, in the next six. Can you, if you have a bump in the road, you know, not turn two losses to seven losses in a row, right? Like it's it's always been the consistency with this team where you have you have some doubts and you have some concerns. It's it's not necessarily what they can do when everybody's rolling. We know that they can be a good team. It's just let's let's make this happen a little more often. Let's let's all make that the norm. But I will say, you know, a pretty massive win in the sense that this. This road trip upcoming and and the way the schedule plays out, there's a chance for this team to roll off five wins in their next six, right? And hey, it it is the the death blow that is facing teams on on the lower end of the totem pole. The the, the Jets haven't taken advantage of those in a while, but it, it doesn't make tonight's game in LA an absolute mandatory must win, right? They they could potentially lose this one, but you find ways to to get wins against Montreal, Arizona, Chicago coming up here and. Team, I think, you know, the way the schedule plays out after after 10 games, they'll find themselves in a pretty decent spot. Yeah, well, and, and, and to be honest, that's why heading in, and I know on Monday's show we were kicking around, I mean, that was a huge game. I mean, yeah. first of all, it was a big home test against a team that hadn't lost yet and a team that you're going to be going up against throughout the season in your division and you're battling for a playoff spot with that team. The other side of it, and I, I know we're early, but – if you lose that game, you're on a bit of a losing streak before heading out onto the road. You would have been two and four, three and three looking ahead. And with the performance the way they had, I think there's just so much that they can build off of that game. And we've kind of talked about it for the last couple of shows. But Brandon, that's why I'm so intrigued as to what we see tonight from the Winnipeg Jets, because you would hope, and certainly the coaching staff is hoping that. You know, the positive reinforcement of the hard work, the way they stuck to the plane, the way they got better throughout the game can 
be replicated game after game after game. And, you know, you need to have some positive results. And it didn't come easy. That was the other thing. I mean, it took half the game to get one goal, and they didn't have a two-goal lead until midway through the third period. Um, but they were all over them right now. And listen, some teams will handle it better than others. But a good performance tonight, regardless of the result, if they can play that style and stay committed, uh, they'll win more than they lose if they're able to do that, even on the road against a quality team like the LA Kings. Yeah, and, and what I like about tonight's matchup is that the Kings, they're, they're, they're the kind of team stylistically the way that they play that have given the Jets a ton of problems in the past that being we're gonna probably generate somewhere in the mid to high 30s in terms of shots in this game and we're gonna spend a lot of time in your own zone and it's not gonna be a lot of quality looks but we're gonna kind of you know death by a thousand paper cuts and try to win the hockey game that way the Jets have not played those teams very well and so I'm intrigued you know St. Louis for all their strengths is a much more of a a quality team, especially on offense. They'll they'll create some really dangerous looks, but they're not necessarily going to beat you up on the shot clock. You know, it, it, it's a different kind of game for the Jets in this one against the Kings. So I'm intrigued to see how they how they handle that one. The other part of it too is, and we we got I think glimpses of that in the blues game is and, and this is for tonight's game and, and maybe the next handful, but man, it, it would be nice to have a stretch of games where Shifley and Dubois are both playing to their peak, right? Like, I think Shifley has done that so far this year. We've just seen glimpses out of that from, from PLD so far. I think his, his linemates have been much better than he has. But, man, it, it would be to get a true sense of this team's capabilities and their ceilings. See what they look like when when Dubois and Shifley are both going. They're both handfuls in, in, in the way that they attack the game. And, hey, maybe this team could reel off five wins in the next six or something like that. Brandon Ruicki with us. Uh, make sure you check out Skates and Plates daily or a weekly podcast um, uh, and more focusing on the Winnipeg Jets wherever you're getting Winnipeg Sports Talk pods. It's about oh, just over a week ago that Dylan Sandberg came into the lineup against the Colorado Avalanche and they shook up all three defense pairings. And I thought Sandberg was acquitted himself very well, unfortunately was hurt. He was out of the lineup. Logan Stanley came back in. They kept the top two pairings, and Dylan DeMello has been that calming influence. I really liked that pairing with Sandberg, and Logan Stanley looked as comfortable and as effective as he has maybe ever in that game on Monday playing alongside Dylan DeMello. Thoughts on DeMello's role there with whoever of the younger defensemen is in the lineup, and your thoughts on... Morrissey and Pionk playing together, which of course allows Nate Schmidt a little bit more ice time alongside Brendan Dillon. Yeah, so I, I I mean, I guess the easiest way to put it is, you know, Dylan DeMello has been this team's third best right shot defenseman so far this year. So, you know, if you're going by that, he should be on the third pair. I, I know Nate Schmidt's a lefty, but I think Nate Schmidt's been quietly sneaky, really good for the team so far this year. And I like Morrissey Pionk. I, you know, I, I don't think they've been world beaters or anything like that but it, it was I think it was really just more so a, a rough start for Dylan DeMello and maybe dropping him down into more of a shelter role would kind of help to, to kickstart his game and and really the the main problem for the Jets through their first handful of games was the fact that they just were, were struggling to get out of their own end like the, the mistakes and the poor passes and the turnovers and all that it, it was just killing them and when you have Morrissey and Pionk together on the same pair I, I think 
that eliminates and it, it takes a bit of the weight off of Josh Morrissey's shoulders from that regard. And I, I made this point before, but the reason Morrissey Truba worked so well together isn't that you know Morrissey could lean on Truba as a stay-at-home guy. It was the fact that Truba was a hell of a blue liner in terms of moving the puck up the ice. Like he could make a great outlet pass. And I think having somebody with the similar skill set in, in Neil Pionk beside him really helps to to elevate Morrissey's game a little bit more there. Um, you know, it's it's kind of ironic too that, you know, Logan Stanley for for all the the barbs and, and the criticisms he's taken so far, had maybe his best game as a jet against St. Louis. And then he goes ahead and then, you know, a little bit out of his control gets hurt. You know, his his game was kind of turning around a little bit. And and, you know, just like Dylan Sandberg before him. He takes a bruise. He's out of the lineup for the next little while. And, you know, it's it's Dylan Sandberg's job to take here. Um, I, you know, when he first went in, I, I thought he would grab the job and run with it. And we wouldn't see Logan Stanley a whole lot more moving forward. I still think that might be the case here because what we saw out of Sandberg in Colorado, if, if he continues that up for the next handful of games, you know, there's not going to be much of a reason to pull 54 out of the lineup. It makes it it makes it a really interesting, um, you know, choice for the coaches, but also the best case scenario. Like I was just mentioning with Billick. I mean, if you have a guy that comes in and plays well, and I think Logan Stanley's confidence will be quite high, to be honest, after that game. And it should be um, considering the ups and downs that he's had so far as a Winnipeg Jet. Um, but to play that way and then unfortunately get hurt, I mean, he'll be looking for his next opportunity to come in just as Dylan Sandberg, I'm sure is focused on being the best version of himself tonight against the LA Kings. Now that he'll be given a chance to play. I mean, there's nothing guaranteed to any of those guys that are at the periphery of the lineup, but if you can create some legitimate good competition and have both guys sort of raise their level of play, um, that's exactly what um, Brad Lauer on the bench, as well as um, Scott Arneal, are hoping that um, they can put together. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's there's nothing wrong with a little internal competition. I mean, I guess the one downside to that is it, it makes Billy Hainala joining the NHL club seem further and, and further away, doesn't it? Um, you know, it's it's going to take, unfortunately, a, a decent amount of bad luck and, and injury luck on this team for him to even sniff the lineup right now. But yeah, I mean. There, there's not and he's a whole playing lot of his margin. ass off right now with the, yeah. in the AHL right now. I mean, we're going to talk some moose tomorrow, and we'll see the moose back here at home. He, um, I mean, he looked pretty good in those two home games. They went on the road last week for those three and three on the road, and he was dominant. Uh, I believe on the ice for all six goals in one of the games that they'd had, and you know, having that thing. So, I mean, that's again a big part of that competition of guys that are, you know. When they get their opportunity, you got to make the most of it. I'll say this. I don't think any of those guys really did that as much in the preseason, but now when the games are really counting, Stanley did it last game. Samberg did it in his first opportunity, and Billy's doing everything he can to remind management, I'm here, and uh, see if he's going to get an opportunity at some point. And maybe, yeah. maybe they never had the confidence really to make a trade until they saw some of those guys, and maybe with the way things are going, that could be something that is more likely than maybe it would have been before seeing some of the performances of these young defensemen. Yeah, and, and what I was going to say is a lot of people might look at this as, you know, right now, Sandberg versus Stanley, and, and that's where the internal competition is. I, I would disagree with that and say this this might be a bit of a shot at, at the veteran defenseman on this team that, look, if you're not, you, you see what these two guys can do. I know you haven't been watching anything, but we have down there with the moose. We got a guy that we think is ready to go. If, if you're not braining it night in, night out, 
you know, a, a scratch is one thing. There might be a trade coming up sometime soon as well. So that that's kind of the neat part of this is that, you know, the youngsters are are, are really doing all they can. And that's forced the general manager's hand here. And that's either for, force the coach and the general manager's hand, right? Where, you know, do we have to scratch a guy? Do we have to move a guy out to get these guys into the lineup? That's That's really all you can do as a youngster here. And, you know, I mean, maybe specifically with Brendan Dillon and Dylan DeMello, maybe the two most movable blue liners this team has. It might might be the uh, the spark under your ass that you need to, to get your game going. You can have a couple of bad ones to start the season, but if that continues out over the next five or ten games, then hey, maybe management has a decision to make. Brandon Wiki with this B. Let's talk about a couple of the other big stories around the National Hockey League. And uh, I know you've been paying attention to what's happening in Vancouver. Um I remember watching game one of the season and they were up three, nothing on Edmonton. They were playing great. They were complete control of that hockey game. And they really did get hosed on a call. Vander Kane high sticks, Quinn Hughes in the face draws blood. He goes down. They completely miss it. Edmonton goes in and scores to make it three, one never looks back. They come back and win. Follow that up with three more consecutive blown two goal leads and now it seems like literally the roof of the Rogers arena is caving in on that club right now. Um, we're seven games into the season and people in Vancouver are already saying it is just about next year time. And the crazy thing is just because of the start that they've had to get to the point where you expect the playoffs line to be 95 points or something yeah. like that, they got to play it like a 635 clip to get there. Um, what, what what do you make of the Canucks situation and the best course of action going forward? Because, I mean, they just committed to some players, including an extension to JT Miller that doesn't even start until next season. Yeah, I, I it's crazy to say. I think it is over. It's it's just so damn hard. I, I think I, I read somewhere, like in the last 20 years or so, there's been one team that started off as as poorly as the Canucks have. Of course, it was the Flyers. That would end up to go on to make the postseason. And they, like, to your point, I think they played at a 42-24 and something record from that. Like, it's just so, so difficult. And I, I wondered before the season, one of my one of my kind of bold predictions was that the first coach to be fired might be Bruce Boudreaux, actually, because of how odd it was that management wasn't ready to commit to him. And it's, it's it just kind of, I don't know, I, I think there was... A, a bit of Canucks management shooting themselves in the foot on this one and just just kind of like an era of unease around the entire team there. And it's, you know, maybe a, a great example for other clubs around the NHL that if you've got a talented but flawed roster, maybe hold off on on going all in on that group until you make some some significant additions and changes, right? Because, I mean, imagine this team being 0-7, whatever they are right now, and JT Miller is all of a sudden a trade chip as opposed to a almost, you know, eight, $9 million anchor as it looks like right now. And, and their, their blue line stinks in, in Vancouver. It's it's not all bad. I mean, they've got a, as good of a young trio as anybody in the league with Pedersen, Hughes, and Demko at, at the three most important positions there. That's a good spot to be in. But I don't blame Vancouver whatsoever for just looking at the standings, looking at the year, the way it's gone, and say, yeah, why why wouldn't we punt on this season because we're already halfway there and if we can get a top 5 pick guaranteed in one of the best drafts in in a few years you know why why wouldn't we go down that route Jim Rutherford is traditionally a guy that'll pull the trigger on big trades but 
he's also a guy that has no issue with trading all of his draft capital going forward. Now, very different situation in Vancouver right now, but how Rutherford and obviously Alvain as well, um, you know, react to this situation um, because I think they're what their expectations and what they thought they were capable of has probably changed over the course of just two and a half weeks. Um, but I mean, we're not even at Halloween yet and we're talking about blowing the whole thing up. It is, I mean, it's it's dark times over on the West Coast. A dark times were expected for your Philadelphia Flyers, and yet there they are, four and two. Fill us in on the, the beginning of the torts era uh, in uh, on Broadway. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. Eat to lose. Win a bunch. Who cares? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm kind of Dota 180 on torts. I'm like, I'm all in on on Team Torts now. He's he's a pretty big beauty, and. With how much pain these this group of players has cost me in the past, I'm 100% on board for Torts, like, kicking them in the ass basically every chance he gets. But the fact remains, the only reason they, they have wins right now is because their starting goalie is a 950 save percentage. Like, newsflash, it's difficult to lose hockey games when your goalie stops 95% of the shots they face. I mean, they're still getting caved in night after night. It's... It's it's only a matter of time before, you know, eventually, like Chicago, I mean, Arizona's already on this path, but some of these teams do get off to hot starts. But eventually, once you play 20, 30, 40 games, um, you start to see things correct themselves. I, I don't really have much hope whatsoever for the Flyers this season. And, and of course, even when they get off to a hot start, the news just comes out today that, oh, all of a sudden, Sean Couturier has a setback, which, you know, Take a shot if you're a Flyers fan. How many times you've heard that one? He's not coming back anytime soon. Cam Atkinson was day to day a month ago. Now he's week to week. Like it, it's just it's one of those goofy things where the, the Flyers are, are are perpetually cursed. They're going to deal with injury problems for the rest of my my life. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's the the only positive for me is Carter Hart. Like like that's kind of the only the thing return I have of to... Carter Hart is huge. And just yeah. as Canadian like Canadian hockey fans should be happy because that's a good point. <laughs> we've talked a lot about you know, whenever we're eventually going to get some best on best hockey. The one thing that has evaporated is the elite Canadian goaltending talent in the league. Carter Hart was thought to maybe be that guy the next one and. You know, had such a miserable last 18 months or so. I think that is a real positive. The best thing about following Tortorella's team is the doghouse updates. Uh, who has found themselves in Torts' doghouse through the first six games of the year? Well, it was it was paying, I think, minus 150. But Kevin Hayes, of course, was the first one to to enter. I think he's back out already. It was just it was a brief trip to the doghouse. Doesn't seem like a Torts guy. He beat on the carpet. He threw him in. It's okay. He learned his lesson. So it was it was Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny, third period benching. What is that? Six six games into the year? I, I'm surprised it took this long. I, my <laughs> biggest surprise is that he hasn't gone after James Van Riemsdyk whatsoever, but he's actually been pretty solid. Oh, wait. Yeah, he broke his finger. He's out for a couple of months now. Never mind. Yeah, so uh, yeah, the, the, the Hayes, Hayes versus Torts is going to be a good one. And I think at some point we'll see a D'Angelo versus Torts blow up. He, oh, he's been okay yes. so far, but that one, that one, maybe like Hayes versus Torts is the undercard to the eventual D'Angelo Torts wrestling <laughs> match at a practice or something like that. Uh, Brandon Wiki with us. Um, let's get back to tonight's game though before we uh, before we end this. Um, Kings are an interesting team. Four and four, coming off a nice win against the Lightning. You got Kevin Fiala there, new. Um, we haven't seen a lot of Quinton Byfield right now. He's still getting his feet wet, but Gabe Velarde has been the big story so far with nine points in his first eight games playing out of the top six. Um, 
What do you think about the Kings and the big challenges for the Jets to try to replicate what they did to the Blues tonight to start this road trip? It's going to be a big, big test for this club's bottom six. I mean, maybe the biggest test they've had so far. I mean, LA is a really deep team. They, they've, I, I still think the Kings are kind of underrated league wide. They've, they've got some good talent inside their top six, but their bottom six was was really what eight teams alive last year. And I'll, I'll be intrigued to see how how the Winnipeg Jets go at that without having the last change. If if the third and fourth line maybe get it taken to them a little bit in this one. Uh, the big story for me from the Kings is, has actually been Brand Clark, this this 19-year-old they drafted, in, I think, in the first round last year. He's he's probably not going anywhere. That, that's that's always a big help, hey, when you can get an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid in the lineup and you give him some ice time and, nope, looks like we're not uh, sending him back anywhere anytime soon. So it's been a really, really good start for the young kid there. I don't know if it's surprising or, or unsurprising, but goaltending forever has been L.A.'s backbone, and it – it stinks right now. You know, Quick, quick at least has the excuse of being, you know, 37 with those Gumby hips of his. We'll see. We'll see if he can get back to where he was last year. But it's been a couple of rough years for, for Cal Peterson here. So, you know, they don't they don't give up a ton of shots, the LA Kings. But with the way the goaltending has played for them so far, would, wouldn't be shocked to see Shifley and, and maybe Cal Connor get the uh, the monkey off his back and, and finally get onto the, I mean, beat a goalie for the first time this season. Um, but I, I think... For those that were concerned about the bottom six, tonight's game might go a long way to either answer those concerns or or maybe add a little stoke to the fire there. KFC's got to end this drought. I, I think he gets three goals on the road trip. I'm not sure whether it's all in one game, spread out one through three, but I'm pretty sure when we get this team back here for the Cabs and to start this next homestand, that we won't be talking about Kyle Connor only having one empty net goal in the season. It's it's going to be tough on Friday night, though. A sellout crowd, raucous atmosphere. Best we'll be goalie in hear... the league. Best goalie in the league, Carl Vemelka. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, Vemelka <laughs> versus the Jets, I forgot. No. It's it's the second coming of the Dominator. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I This whole Arizona thing is such a joke. I can't wait till this team moves to Houston in a year. It's, it's just beyond ridiculous. I hope the league gets completely embarrassed by this whole college, what was it? Independent wrestling dressing rooms. All It's just it's such a load of BS. It drives, it drives me crazy because if this happened for even half a second here in Winnipeg, this team would be shipped off to Kansas City in a heartbeat. But this has been going on for two freaking decades down there in the desert. And Gary Bettman just laughs every time he's asked about potentially moving the most dysfunctional organization in all of pro sports. It is, uh, it's the saga that never ends and it is a new chapter opening up tomorrow and uh, high irony that the Winnipeg Jets are the visitors for yeah. the Coyotes home opener playing in front of 4,500 fans at the ASU campus. I'll say this for a fan base, probably just be some pretty rocking places before and after the game to, uh, to go to Glendale was always great. It just took you an hour and a half to get there and vice versa coming back. So uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure the party scene around Tempe will be better. If only Google maps was a thing, Gary. Yeah. They just go, Oh, oh whoopsies. <laughs> this is a bit further out than we thought. Just it, It's so stupid. So I'm so angry right now. It just the, I, I hate to end off. I, I always like to be, you know, positive and upbeat here, but the Coyotes just, they suck. Every single part of them stinks and it's stunk since they moved there back in 96. And I hope nothing but the worst for them this year. And then I hope they draft fourth 
and and miss out on the top three here in this draft, or they they take the Russian kid and he never shows up. <laughs> Even your guy Ghost Bear, who's got eight points in six games to start the year. I take that back. I I, I hope he gets <laughs> traded, and I hope he gets traded, and they they again whiff on whatever draft picks come back his way, and I hope he has a long and and fruitful career. Yeah, nothing but love for the Ghost. Uh, fill people in on what's cooking at uh, Skates and Plates these days, dude. Yeah, coming out tomorrow. Uh, yeah, not not going to be a fun one, but we'll break down the Kings game once it's done at about midnight. And then, yeah, we'll get back at it next week on Tuesday with the, the Coyotes fiasco, Vegas, basically whatever else pops up. Actually, as well, it's it's my birthday next week. Um, would, would love to know your listeners' thoughts on what I should do for my birthday lunch because I've been... Thinking and planning for a while now. I take my birthday meals very seriously, and I haven't I haven't figured out one just yet. So I'm I'm open to suggestions. I'm open to any cuisine dish, whatever it might be. So if you guys could help me out, that would be appreciated. You know where to get them at Brandon Rewicki and on the uh, your favorite podcast platform, Skates and Plates. There'll be a new one waiting for you tomorrow morning, and you can check that out before we uh, get to it. Winnipeg Sports Talk tomorrow, 1 o'clock live on YouTube. B, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week for birthday week. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sounds good, man. Have a good one. <laughs> See ya, buddy. Oh, man. Good stuff from uh, from Brandon. And make sure skates and plates, great stuff, and uh, more great Winnipeg Jets content in the digital space coming out of the uh, demise of our old station. Great to have Brandon with us on the program. All right. Couple things. Um, I'll we'll do this in a minute, but Bombers tomorrow. Ed Tate's going to join us. We'll tee up the game. Nathan Rourke is starting. Zach Caleros is starting. Should be a great start to the game. We'll see how long certainly the Winnipeg starters stay in. Um, and very intrigued as to what Nathan Rourke has for us. And um, I think the hope is that, you know, he'll be healthy. He'll uh, look good. And then, you know, we'll see a great matchup in the West Semi between the Calgary Stampeders and the BC Lions. If you're going to the game tomorrow, you know the drill. Get there early and get in on the pregame party at the Princess Auto Tailgate Zone. Princess Auto, proud sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk and the Bombers. Place to be DJ Finesse spinning, $5 beers, $3.50 pop, $3.50 hot dogs. They got hot chocolate now, got warming stations. But I'll tell you what, with the forecast we've got for tomorrow, I think it's going to be absolutely glorious with a high of 12 or 13 degrees. So make the most of it. Get out there early. And of course, Princess Auto supporting us, the Bombers, and so much in our community. And also the spot where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. Had a little coughing attack earlier. Good thing we've got the Culligan jug in the house. Of course, Culligan, the water experts, family-owned and serving Manitobans for over 65 years with everything you need for you and your family's water consumption. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. The Culligan Man's there for you and the entire Culligan family. Pop down and visit them at 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can also see them uh, online at drinkculligan.com for all their products and services. And if you do want to give him a ring, 204-694-5180.
Um, all right, big game tomorrow night, and then the biggest one, November 13th, for a trip to the Grey Cup. IG Field is rocking. The Bomber fans will be stepping up, and if you haven't already, great opportunity to try the Canadian Club and Ginger Ale pre-mixed cocktail. Available now in six-packs at your local beer store and also available throughout IG Field, along with all the great Beam Suntory products, including Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey and the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers Canadian Club. Don't forget for you whiskey aficionados, the 45-year-old Canadian Club Chronicles, the final edition of the CC Chronicles edition, is coming out next week. Only 80 bottles in Manitoba, so keep your eyes peeled for that. But I do have folks some passes for tomorrow's game. That's the Jim Beam Social Pass. You won't have an assigned seat, but you'll get in and you'll get a free CC and Ginger. Now, I've got a few of these, so I'll tell you what you need to do. Fire me a DM on Twitter, at Hustlerama, um, if you'd like to go to the game. And after the show, I'll go through them, and depending on how many we have in, I'll either pick some winners, do a little bit of a wheel, or... Depending on uh, if I have enough for everyone, we'll hook you up with a couple passes. So if you want to go to the game tomorrow and you want to try a CC and Ginger, hit me up on Twitter, at Hustlerama, slide into the DMs, and I'll fire you back uh, a few of you. I think I've got at least five pairs of these for tomorrow um, to give away, and uh, we'll have a couple more for tomorrow's show as well. So at Hustlerama on Twitter, big thanks to our friends at Canadian Club. And hey, great night to hit BP tonight, folks. We got a good Thursday nighter for the first time in a while. Well, we'll see if it's good. The Ravens and Bucks have both kind of been up and down so far. Tom Brady looking not so good. Got that great new fall menu, including the mac and cheese and the carbonara pizza. And of course, every night that the NFL is on, you'll pop by pizza flights, butt on special, and your chance to win a trip for two to Vegas to see the Raiders and Niners on New Year's Eve weekend and a bonus NHL game with the Golden Knights and Blues on New Year's Eve. Watch the NFL and enter to win at any local Boston pizza as well as Morton, Portage, Selkirk as well. Um, and I might have to, uh, our, my boy Dustin Nielsen's coming in to, do, uh, to call the game tomorrow night. We're going to do the lock shop afterwards today, and I think uh, pop by BP for a couple and watch the game, and then, of course, slide right into Winnipeg Jets hockey with that late run, uh, late puck drop at 9.30 p.m. All right, we will talk uh, a little bit more about tonight's game. We'll get into uh, the odds for a busy night in the National Hockey League and that NFL game. Um, one thing I should have mentioned when we were talking with Brandon about the Flyers just quickly is Kiefer Bellows who was put on waivers by the New York Islanders, the former first-rounder, claimed by the Philadelphia Flyers. So um, early on in the season, Kiefer Bellow is getting a, a new chance to play with the team where he'll spend a little bit more time in the National Hockey League as opposed to going back to the American Hockey League. So interesting move today in the NHL. Uh, but, of course, there's a lot more going on than just the NHL and the Jets. Moose have a busy weekend with two games in the afternoon, Saturday and Sunday. And the Battle of Manitoba resumes between the Brandon Wheat Kings and the Winnipeg Ice. The Ice have been on an incredible journey to begin the season. 11-1 and on the year. All games on the road, including a 19-game road trip out west. But Saturday night, the Ice Cave will be rocking with the Ice's home opener in the second half of a home-and-home 
with their rival Brandon Wheat Kings. And to get ready for the ice home opener, let's welcome in the new captain of the ice, Winnipeg native and Minnesota first rounder, Carson Lambos. Carson, great to have you back on. What's up? Hey, how's it going? Uh, it, it's going well. How, how are you guys? Uh, if you put enough miles on that bus so far this year or what? Yeah, we had a real long haul so far. Um, definitely nice to be back home and looking forward to uh, kicking it off this weekend at home. Well, you know, I want to get to uh, the, the season so far in a minute, but uh, first off, congratulations on uh, being named the captain of the Winnipeg Ice. I guess that's the 24th in franchise history, but just the second here in Winnipeg and, of course, filling the big shoes of Peyton Krebs, who's such a big part of the franchise. Uh, how did that all come together, and uh, what was it like getting that honor from uh, the organization and your head coach, James Patrick? Yeah, it's pretty special to me to be trusted with that responsibility. Um Talked about it kind of a little bit uh, before it got announced, and just um, yeah, being being named that and, and trusted with that is is something I take really seriously. So I'm I'm I've enjoyed it so far, but uh, I've enjoyed the challenge, and I look forward to keeping it going. Uh, I mean, a big honor, especially amongst a group that was such a good team last year that brought so many players back this season. I mean, I'm sure you'd agree there was probably plenty of great candidates to be the next captain of the Winnipeg Ice. And um, at the same time, that makes it that much more of an honor to be the guy that will wear the C. Yeah, I think that just goes to show we have so many guys in our room that are leaders, uh, guys that wear letters, obviously, and even a lot of other guys that don't wear letters. Um, obviously, a lot of great players, a lot of guys that... Um, you know, are easy to easy to deal with. Uh, we have a lot of a really tight group in our dressing room, and um, yeah, a lot of leaders. Now, uh, Carson, listen. Before we get to uh, everything that's happened this year in the Western Hockey League, have to ask you about your time with the Minnesota Wild. Of course, a first round pick. You went to training camp, got plenty of action in the exhibition season. Um, what was that experience like, and uh, how did it help you coming back here to uh, try to win a championship with your current team? Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, to get that experience and kind of see how uh, the best in the world operate every day and how uh, they treat it like a job. I think that's something that went, that's going to go a long way with me uh, back here in Winnipeg, just the approach to coming to the rink every day and, and finding a way to get better uh, every day. I think those guys do such a good job of uh, such a good job with that. And that's why they're there because uh, that's what it takes to get there. So uh, definitely left me hungry and, uh, I want to take back a lot of things I learned there and, and utilize them back here. Yeah. Did you have any, a big welcome to the NHL moments, whether it was uh, going up against a guy like Kaprizov or a big hit or um, uh, what stood out to you for about the entire experience? Yeah. I mean, there's so many, so many things that were uh, memorable uh, being on the ice with uh, some of the, st the studs that the wild have, but a big one for me was when we played against the Blackhawks exhibition and going against Patty Kane that was pretty cool. One of my favorite players growing up and I still love watching him. So that was uh definitely, definitely one of the most memorable, moment, memorable moments. You get one of those little bit in warm up where you're kind of pinching yourself and then you realize, Hey man, you got to focus here because um, the, the Patrick Canes of the world can make you look pretty silly pretty quickly. If you're not completely focused on the job at hand. Yeah. I think last year uh, with my first NHL camp, I was kind of pinching myself a bit and, really taken aback and just kind of starstruck, honestly, at times. Uh, but this year going in, I think I had a lot more confidence. Um, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I didn't belong. I, I felt like I could compete right beside anybody that was out there. So I think that was really important for me, having that mindset. And I didn't get uh, this year, I don't think I got too worked up before games or anything 
uh, out of the ordinary. Um, what uh, what do the Wild say to you when uh, when you are going back to the Western Hockey League? I mean, you know you've got the opportunity to be part of an incredible hockey team that I'm sure feels like you have a little unfinished business from the way last season ended. Um, but from the National Hockey League too, one of their top prospects, um, do they say, hey, we want you to work on this or just go and continue doing what you're doing, have a great season, and we'll see you next fall? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's communication throughout the year as well, but uh, they want me to come. They wanted me to come back here and uh, play a big role on a on a really really good team and a team that's expecting to make a long run. So uh, I think that comes first all the time is uh, play wherever I, wherever I play, uh, help that team win, and that's what I want to do here. And I think that's the main message that they have. And how can I how can I come to the rink every day and how can I uh, use my skill set to to help the ice win and that's the most important thing well you guys have doing a heck of a lot of winning 11 and one all on the road excuse me to start the season um how would you describe the incredible journey that you and your teammates have been on over the last month both on the ice and off yeah i don't think it's any uh small feat to accomplish what we've accomplished these past i think what is it 12 games so uh, on the road, it's definitely not as not as easy to win. Um, the grueling travel and time on the bus and sleeping in hotel beds and, and everything that comes along with that. So I think it was a really good uh, test for us. But at the same time, I think you know we learn from all our games and uh, we watch video and we see that there's still a lot of room for improvement and a lot of we still have to get a lot better before the end of the end of the year to uh, reach that that end goal we have. Carson Lambos, captain of the Winnipeg Ice with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Home opener, Battle of Manitoba against the Brandon Wheat Kings on Saturday night at the Ice Cave. Um, you know, we mentioned the high expectations for this club, and there should be with the amount of talent in the, on this team and how many returning stars from last year. How would you... Um, how would you classify the outlook of the team going in? I'm sure it's very different than it's been the last couple of years, but in a lot of ways, you guys and a lot of the group that you've been playing with have been building to this season for the last couple of years. Yeah, I think uh, last year was obviously our first playoff run. I think we had maybe two or three guys with playoff experience last year. And, um, you know, we, we had high expectations last year and we have this, you know, higher expectations this year, I think. Um, we don't want to get too caught up in looking too far ahead, but I think everyone knows what our end goal is. Uh, but in order to achieve that end goal, we still have to get get better and better every day, and we can't look too far ahead. So um, it's, it is a lot of expectations we have on ourselves, but at the same time, uh, it's not about thinking about what's months from now. It's about what's today and what's, what's right ahead of us. Well, um, you know, that that road trip out west to start the season. I mean, obviously on the ice, it was great. How um, how weird is that for you guys to be away for that long? And um, what's it like being with your teammates that long on the road? I mean, you've got your games, you've got your practices. What else are you guys doing? Yeah, uh, I think it was about 19 days we were on the road. So um, it can be it can be a grind at times, but I think it's in, in a lot of ways, it's a good thing to do it early in the year. Uh, we have a lot of new guys on the team and, um, you know, haven't seen each other for three, four months. So being on the road, you really have no option but to hang out with each other all the time. So in, in that way, kind of you butt heads a little bit for sure over the course of that much time with whatever it is, someone's feet in your face on the bus or someone eating first before you. And it just like little things you get kind of petty, but it's fun. And 
that's the stuff that really kind of gets a good relationship between teammates. And I think we really grew a lot just as a, a group of guys and a group of group of family um, on the road like that. Uh, Carson, uh, what are, what are the the long bus rides like? I mean, I remember back in the day, it was basically there was like two movies. One of them was Slapshot, and you watch it over and over and over again. Guys doing their own things with their headphones and video games, or you watching movies as a team, um, or is it all of the above when you put that many kilometers on the uh, on the odometer? Yeah, it's definitely long. Uh, that's the one word I would use to describe it. But uh, when we're whenever it gets dark and it's kind of time to sleep, you think you're trying to get as many hours as you can, but uh we've got a bit of a video game everyone's into um clash royale it's called and everyone kind of goes at that for seems like an endless period of time and then once everyone's sick of that i think everyone just kind of keeps themselves and watches uh, netflix on their phones <laughs> carson lambos with us here on the winnipeg sports talk um how excited are you guys to finally be able to play in front of your home fans for the first time this season uh, in the regular season after you know, being away for so long and then having that exciting playoff run that filled the building every night and uh, obviously just fell short of your ultimate goal. Yeah, we're pumped. Um, I think there's a bit of an excitement between everybody. We were talking about it uh, already and how the ice cave at the Wayne Fleming there is our favorite rink. And uh, we've had a lot of success there in the past. So um, I think everyone's just so excited to get back in front of our home fans and and just just do that and it's it's uh, yeah there's definitely a bit of a buzz in our dressing room about it and even better for the uh, home openers to be part of a home and home and um the great rivalry that is the battle of manitoba um i mean you're a winnipeg guy you're now the captain of the winnipeg ice um brandon has always been the team in manitoba until the ice came here i mean Feel people in that maybe haven't been a part of that rivalry what's developed over the last couple of years and uh, the respect but also um, you know, really wanting to beat those other guys and making sure that you guys have top billing in the province. Yeah, I think as soon as we moved here, uh, when I was in my 16-year-old year, I think we played them eight or nine times that year. It was something crazy. And, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of love between the two teams. Um, you know, they've, they've had a good team every year since since we moved here, and I think so have we. So it's a lot of good battles, and we definitely you know have to respect the opponent, but at the same time, uh, there's not a lot of, not a lot of love out there between, between us and them. So it's, it's definitely some hard fought games and it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's games that kind of, I think everyone has circled and, uh, we look forward to, you know, there's uh, so much talent on this team. It's probably a good situation for young Zach Benson to be in going into his draft year as a touted high prospect. Of course, you were a first rounder a couple years ago, last year you had Connor Geeky and Matt Savoy, um, you know, draft year is interesting and maybe you can speak to the pressures that one feels both, you know, on a day-to-day basis, but a lot of things that are outside of your control and uh, how much are veterans like yourself going to help a lot of everything that goes into draft year and uh, the attention that'll be on Zach uh, going into his potentially another top 10, top five pick. Yeah. Zach's obviously a really special player. Um, I think just a big thing that I can do and other guys that have been through the process can do is just help them enjoy every day and not get too worked up about the wrong things. I think when you have, he's going to have a big spotlight on him and he already has this year. So just uh, making sure that he's, you know, staying focused on the same things like he already, he already has been and uh, doesn't get too caught up on the outside noise and 
on everything else that's going on because there is a lot of it and it's inevitable that it is going to influence the way uh, you think in that situation at times. But I think he's, he's such a driven player and he loves, loves coming to the rink every day and he works so hard that it's not going to be much of an issue for him. Well, and obviously the best thing for all parties involved, have a great season, keep on winning games and uh, play deep into the playoffs and give plenty of opportunities for uh, scouts and NHL teams to see both what you guys are doing as a team, but also what he's able to do as a prospect. Um, Carson, this has been a lot of fun. I can't wait to see you guys back here. We've sort of been following the the trials and tribulations of the club, and mostly all good other than one loss on uh, on that season opening road trip. Uh, but to come back, get some home cooking, see some of the fans back, it's going to be a great, great way to uh, start the season. Just before we go, we mentioned the expectations. I mean, with all of you guys coming back again, being the number one ranked team in the country going into the season, what has uh, James Patrick had to say to you guys about trying to stay in the moment, trying to focus on the task and the game at hand um, and dealing with the high expectations that the Winnipeg guys have going into uh, this season. And obviously their home portion of the schedule beginning on Saturday night. Yeah, I think James does a good job uh, keeping us level headed. Um, you know, we obviously have a really good record right now, but uh, I think especially the guys that were through it last year, knowing that we haven't really accomplished uh, accomplished what we want to accomplish yet and um, every game uh, even if you know we're winning there's things we need to work on and he does a good job of, of that and helping us and forcing us to recognize uh, what we need to get better at. Well listen uh, you guys uh, had a hell of a start to the season I'm sure it's going to continue once you get to home ice Saturday night Wheaties Ice Battle of Manitoba doesn't get any better than that to start off the season. Carson, let's do this again later on. Congratulations again being on named captain of the club. Good luck on Saturday, and uh, we'll look forward to having you and your teammates back here as we follow the ice all season long to the playoffs. Awesome, thanks. Thank you for having me. All right, great stuff with Carson Lambos. Ice home opener Saturday night, part of a big weekend of hockey. Locally, even with the Jets on the road, Moose with a couple of afternoon games in the Battle of Manitoba, Friday in Brandon and Saturday at the Ice Cave. Big thanks to Carson Lambos and congratulations again to him on being the new captain of the Winnipeg Ice. Um, we, speaking of thanks, we're going to give a shout out to Nick and Nikki. And listen, with this nice weather we've got over the course of these few days, might be a great day to get the family out for a walk and head down to one of the four Nick and Nikki DQs for one of those amazing blizzards and for my money the most underrated burger in the fast food game, the DQ Stack Burger. Uh, four locations for Nick and Nicky, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And as I mentioned yesterday, congratulations. I believe they're bringing a pita pit out to um, out to Niverville as well. And we're going to have to get out there for one of those games now that Niverville is uh, the newest team in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. And we'll certainly hit DQ on the way there. Uh, of course, great sponsors of ours since day one of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Can't thank them enough. And uh, one of the most delicious sponsors we have for all of you to support. And by the way, if you are thinking that uh, DQ ice cream cake might be a great addition to an upcoming event, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Let them know what you want. They'll get it all set up for you for a quick and easy pickup at any local Nick and Nicky DQ. And then you'll be the hero of your next party. And, uh, Hey, the weekend is coming. We mentioned lots of hockey happening locally. We've got some late-night Jets games tonight and tomorrow in L.A. and Arizona. What better way to get... Oh, and don't forget the Bomber game tomorrow as well. Um, 
this weekend, I think, has Little Brown Jug written all over it. Winnipeg's favorite local beer and a great sponsor of ours here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Pop down and see them. And by the way, speaking of, you don't want to get Nick and Nicky. I mean, beautiful weather over the next few days to uh, get another night on the patio and that beautiful patio that they built down at Little Brown Jug in the Exchange District on William Avenue. Of course, you can pick up the 1919 and all the great Little Brown Jug brews there on William, as well as at your local beer store. And Little Brown Jug also delivers citywide. You can order online at littlebrownjug.ca. All right, we're going to get to uh, some cool bet lines, talk a bit about the uh, NFL game tonight. Uh, but an old friend of the show is back, my old buddy Chris Zook, longtime media guy with the Moose, the Bisons, and now uh, doing a little work for the Manitoba Colleges Athletic Association. Zooker, what's up? Oh, Huss, it's been a while. I just want to say congratulations on Remus. I think it's about been a year and a half. Am I right about that? It, it is hard to believe. We're, we're past you 400 episodes it. of WST now. Well, I, I I welcome and salute you, and I'm 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 glad to be back with you, old buddy. And and yeah, I'm with the Manitoba College's athletic conference. And you were saying it's a big weekend for for uh, athletics, and, and and we have a big weekend for the MCAC as the soccer championship is happening in Brandon. And uh, so that's the uh, it's all four teams are in action there. It's uh, the uh, University of Saint Boniface Le Rouge. Uh, Brandon University as well. Uh, you were talking about Niverville, Providence University College. They play out in Niverville there. I was out there, so I can't wait to get some DQ out there down the road. And and also then you have uh, Canadian Mennonite University will be in action. Uh, it, it's the, the big thing about this is now uh, with uh, after the pandemic the, for MCAC, if you get through the soccer championship and you win it, you actually go to the national. So it's a, uh, only the second time this will happen this year. And like you said, the weather, Huss, is fantastic. Get out there. Take a two-hour drive to Brandon and watch some great soccer this weekend. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? Listen, I mean, we do kind of focus when we're talking about post-secondary sports here on the Bison and the Westman. Oh, yeah. um, but, um, you know, there is some really great things happening at places like CMU. Um, and, of course, even Red River as well at, at times in particular sports. Um, you guys have the soccer happening. I guess volleyball as well, a big part of the uh, the calendar. That's right. So volleyball is just starting up as we speak tomorrow. Uh, so all four teams will be in action. Uh, USB will be hosting PUC and CMU is going to be hosting uh, Assiniboia Community College. Uh, so that starts up. We have a season preview. Get this, Huss. We got a brand new site, mcacathletics.ca. Nice and shiny for 2022. Uh, people can go and take a look at the uh, season preview, the championship uh, write-ups for the soccer and get all their details to follow all all five teams in the MCAC uh, this year. By the way, a big shout out for you, Zucker. Uh, Craig Smith says, "Hey, Chris, what's going on? Did a great job with U of M for us CFL scouts." Well, there you go. There, I remember brown and gold as well. I mean, a a true Renaissance man of uh, Winnipeg media over the years. Well, I'll say this: I I actually was at a Bison game. Uh, this weekend, it was fantastic. I saw Brian Doby and, and Richard Banovich finishing up the 32nd year there with the Biden. They got a big win against Alberta. So it was good to go back to, to the old stomping grounds there. And uh, 
yeah, I, I appreciate that from Craig. And yeah, you know what? The one thing is, I will say this has it's a little bit of the a hidden secret, right? Like the Bisons are there in the Westman, but but these these uh, student athletes, they're just as impressive. Uh, we we announced the uh, the athletes, uh, the players of the years, and the coach of the years for soccer. We did our announcement earlier this week. Sarah Boisano and Camilo uh, Rodriguez uh, from Brandon and uh, uh, University of Saint Boniface were the player of the years. Uh, Sarah scored 21 goals in 12 games. How about that? She had two four-goal games, uh, and Camelia also was the leading scorer in only her second year. There's a lot of good talent, be it in soccer. We do volleyball, basketball, and also futsal, if you can believe that, house, as when the winter gets uh, upon us in Winnipeg. And so but that's like the you know, indoor soccer in a that's gym? That's right. That's right. Yeah, I'll tell you this. If you've never seen it, by all means, come on out. We'll we'll talk maybe about that later on as, as that season hooks up there. And hey, look at that! One of the cats came by and said hi. Right? I told you about this. There might be a cat sighting here. I know you get a lot of dogs. Zook is yeah. We do have a lot of dogs. Zook is living in a cat farm right now uh, here in the, in Manitoba. Um, hey Zook, while we've got you here, uh, by the way, just quickly, people want more information on uh, yeah. on it. What's the website again? You're gonna go to mcacathletics.ca. It's brand new. It's also uh at MCAC Athletics for all social media handles there, be it Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, or uh, Facebook. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be a big weekend. Really appreciate uh, giving some time about that. And hopefully people can get out to Brandon or watch some volleyball here in Winnipeg or uh, outside of just the the uh, the, the, the uh, Winnipeg area. And it'll be fantastic. Look at this cat. I these, can't these... get I can't get enough of these I cats know. I don't even stretching know around studying, right? and just doing everything. This is uh, <laughs> this is well, hilarious. Only one is seven out here. Hey, it's what the, how are you feeling about your beloved Vikes right now? Five feel... and one and. And I mean, you must have even enjoyed you. You must have even enjoyed the bye week last week, as the Packers, the Packers lost Packers again. Got another half. I mean, this this division is is a mess, right? You got the Bears who somehow won a Monday night, but they're not going anywhere fast. Uh, I got a bet there that the Bears are going to lose less. They're going to win less than eight games. I think I'm still pretty good on that one. Uh, the Lions are still the Lions, and the Packers are maybe getting old for a change. So you know the Vikings. I'll say this: they've had uh, maybe it's one of those special seasons because they're they're looking to hit these teams when Miami doesn't have a quarterback. Air. Uh, uh, who, they're playing Arizona this weekend that they're kind of floundering a bit. And so, you know, the new regime and stuff. Yeah, it's exciting because the Vikings have had some pretty lean years since the miracle. And uh, it, it's nice that they have a chance, especially if you can give it to Packer fans. Yeah, here's the thing, though. You got to be worried that they're going to have too good of a season. They get a bunch of primetime game next year and then we'll get primetime no. cause yeah, as, yeah, opposed yeah, no. to, as opposed to as opposed to. Noon Sunday, Kirk, which will we, be uh, which will be coming we, up. We, on we, need, we, we need new. We need no primetime cousins. Let me give you one real quick hot take here. You guys are. I saw this in social media about the Great Cup halftime show. Shh, the CFL is going to announce it next week, right? Here's my suggestion: you get the Sheepdogs, you're going to get uh, Northern Pikes, and you're going to get Queen City Kids. You got your Saskatoon Regina. Roll it all in one. What more of a party could you have, uh, you know, for Grey Cup week when the Bombers win? You know what? Hey, listen, the, the Riders won't be representing Saskatchewan on Grey Cup week, so maybe they can get some of their Saskatchewan artists to be a part of it. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. And it allows us another little dig at our friends, one province to the west. Zucker, that would be fantastic. Thanks for doing this, pal. Great for stopping by. We'll catch up later on this season. All the best to the student-athletes uh, at the uh, big championships this weekend.
Really appreciate it, Hassa. Always uh, fun to be talking with you. MCACathletics.ca for all your details on Manitoba College's Athletic Conference. Appreciate it, Hus. Good stuff, dude. There's our old pal Chris Zook. What a beauty he is. And uh, not a bad fantasy football GM as well. I will give him that. We've got uh, a big tilt coming up over the next couple of weeks with our uh, respective squads. Um, all right, let's get to the lines. By the way, a few people wondering what was up with the lock shop today. Dusty's flying into Winnipeg as we speak. We'll probably get going in a half an hour, sometime over the next hour. So wherever you get Winnipeg Sports Talk podcast, make sure you're subscribed to the lock shop, banging out daily content, myself and Dustin Nielsen. Tomorrow, the big show with our best bets for the week in the National Football League. Tonight, though, a little later on, we'll get into this evening's hockey slate and make our picks for the Ravens and Buccaneers, which is where we'll start off the cool bet lines right now to finish up the show. Um, interesting movement on this one. This was Buffalo. The Ravens were originally favored on the road. Tampa's now a two point favorite and minus 125 on the money line. If you do like the Ravens, you're getting a pretty good value on this, considering the way the Bucks looked last weekend, the week before losing to Pittsburgh, plus 115 on the money line for the Baltimore Ravens and minus 125 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Full slate of NFL action with the exception of two teams this week. No Chargers, no Chiefs. They're on the bye. And the Chiefs did make a trade today. Interesting. Getting former first-rounder Kadarius Toney from the New York Giants for a third-round pick and a sixth-round pick. He'll be under team control for the next three years. $4.4 million for the next two. Fifth-year option. Um, kind of a low risk, high reward potential ad for the Chiefs at the receiver position in Kadarius Tony. As far as the NHL goes tonight, let's get down right to it. Winnipeg Jets and LA Kings. Jets are plus 122 on the road. Underdogs in this game. LA coming off a nice win against Tampa earlier this week, minus 145. But as we said, we're interesting on let's see some goals. Um, Kyle Connor. Will Kyle Connor get a goal? Uh, well, we need to check it out. I think it's plus 150 right now for Kyle Connor. Yeah, plus 150. And as I said, I'm expecting one of these games, Connor is going to go off with a couple. Tonight, over one and a half goals is plus 740. And if you're really ballsy and you want to throw down on a hat trick, KFC 31 to 1. Um, all those numbers, a couple of other Winnipeg Jet numbers. Uh, Mark Scheifele plus 200. Pierre Luc Dubois plus 235. Blake Wheeler plus 280. Mason Appleton, who again is going to continue playing with Scheifele and Kyle Connor plus 335. And Morgan Barron, who uh, had his first goal of the season last week, uh, could he do two in a row? Plus 550. Um, all your goal props are there. Total on the game as well, over under six. And the puck line, uh, the puck line, if you think the Jets can win by two, three to one plus 300. Uh, the, the line that they've given out, though, is minus 208 on Jets, plus one and a half, and Kings, minus one and a half. Other games in a busy night in the National Hockey League, Detroit at Boston. Boston, obviously a big favorite. And Brad Marchand coming back for Boston. Big, big addition to that team. Minus 256 against the Wings. Habs and Sabres. Buffalo minus 179 faves at home. Wild, slight road favorite in Ottawa to take on the Senators at minus 125. Panthers. Paul Maurice's Panthers looking to build off of uh, a loss to Chicago in their last game. They're in Philly. 
They're a big favorite as well. Minus 213. Preds minus 169. Tough run for Nashville. They had those wins against the Sharks overseas. I don't think they've won since they got back to North America. They'll look to do it tonight against the St. Louis Blues, who played last night, losing 3-1 at home to the Edmonton Oilers. And, of course, were shut out by the Jets earlier this week after that nice 3-0 start. Oilers also playing back-to-back. They're in Chicago to take on the Hawks, who've won four in a row. Edmonton minus 213. Washington and Dallas down in Big D. Dallas a slight favorite at home, minus 119. The Kraken and Canucks. The other late game tonight. Kraken minus 141. Vancouver plus 120. Remus, is tonight the night that the Vancouver Canucks get their long-awaited first win of the season? Uh, I'm going to say, yeah. I got Thatcher, Demko, and Fantasy. I thought he was like a top goalie here. Doesn't have a win. Oh. Um, I'm still hanging on for, for hope. They can turn this thing around. I'm not high in the Canucks. The Adogs just beat Buffalo the other day. Uh, like it pains me to be like, yeah, the Canucks are going to win. But they have to win at some point. So, yeah, like if there's a g- team, if there's a winnable game, this would be it. You would think, you would think Vancouver plus 120 if they think they break, they break the streak. And then one yeah. more game tonight on the dock. It starts at the same time as the Jets Kings, San Jose Sharks hosting the Toronto Maple Leafs. Leafs minus 227 road favorites. Sharks plus 190. Some pretty significant home dogs tonight if you're into that sort of thing. Folks, if you haven't played before, uh, head on over to coolbet.com and on your first deposit, use the promo code WST. Hook you up with a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. And again, tomorrow, round noon, Live on Twitter at Hustlerama at Nielsen TSN 1260, our favorite show of the week, the best bets for the weekend in the National Football League. Uh, Rima, what's the agenda tonight? You're going to uh, get the little one put away and then uh, get ready for your favorite West Coast start, 9:30 uh, puck drop for Jets Kings. Yes, of course. I'll be watching the early games. 9:30, great time for me. After everyone goes to bed, I can sit there. Uh, watch hockey. I'll have the other games on other screens. Nice to have three late games. So I'm, yes, hopefully sweat out some uh, lineups or parlays, whatever, and have have some fun. So that's, I'll be doing that. Oh, well, listen, if you want to just continue having fun, dunking on things like CTV Winnipeg, go ahead. Um, Twitter was quite interesting yesterday. And uh, as I said, we'll see what happens this game tonight. I mean, a lot to be, uh, a lot to be enthused about from the game on Monday, but as we all know, this thing, these things can turn around very quickly. Let's see if the Winnipeg Jets can put together a similar, a similar effort and performance. And you know, if you do that more often than not, you'll get your fair share of wins. Um, but I think that they, they, they learned a lot about what it's like to to win against strong, strong defensive teams, what the Kings traditionally have been. We'll see if they can duplicate a similar performance to begin this road trip tonight. Lineup pretty much the same, although Dylan Sandberg is in for Logan Stanley along with Dylan DeMello on that final pairing. Connor Hellebuck looks to be the starting goaltender, which I would imagine means big save Dave's going to be in there in that game for the uh, Jets taking on the Coyotes tomorrow at Mullet Arena. We'll be all over that tomorrow, and Weber will join us from Arizona Boots on the ground there in Tempe. Really looking forward to that. Ed Tate's going to jump on as well. We'll set up the Bombers-Lions in the final regular season game for Winnipeg. 
And with the big weekend of the NFL coming up and the Jets out in California, Hacksaw's going to come on. Hacksaw's all fired up for this Jets-Kings game tonight. I'm sure he'll have a take on that as well. Uh, gang, thanks so much for being with us. If you haven't already, hit that thumbs up on your way out. And uh, please, if you haven't already, hit that red subscribe button. And uh, big show tomorrow, Remo. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully the positive vibes on the show from the last couple of days coming out of Monday's game will continue after... Uh, a performance tonight, which we'll uh, see drop the puck at 9.30. Yeah, I do want to also mention, as we have some moose, you mentioned the bomber tickets. We've got some moose tickets to give away for Sunday. If you want to enter that, check out our website, winnipegsportstalk.com slash contest. Or go to winnipegsportstalk.com and click contest at the top. And there's a couple things you can do to get entries. And uh, we'll draw some winners after the Jets game on, on Friday night. So get in there if you're here in the YouTube or... Listening later on the podcast, you got a chance to get in for Sundays. I think they're having a big Halloween celebration, aren't they? Are they not? Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll go. Yeah, it's going to be a real fun weekend. And you know, the afternoon games have been great. And heck, you can uh, you can double up this weekend. Uh, double header: two o'clock downtown for the Moose, seven o'clock down at the U for the Winnipeg Ice. And thanks again to Carson Lambos for jumping on as well. And again, I do have some. CC um, a Jim Beam social passes for the Bomber game. So if you do want to go to the game, fire me a DM on Twitter at Hustlerama. Let me know you'd go. And by the way, put your email that if you won, I would be sending the tickets to as well because uh, that will save a little back and forth. So um, got five pairs of those. We'll give those out over the course of this evening. So if you want to go to the game on us in CC, Hit me up on Twitter in the DMs at Hustlerama and we'll uh, pick a few winners and uh, hopefully you all have a great time at the game and trying the CC and Ginger. Folks, crack at 19-19 tonight. Late game, 9-30. Enjoy it. We'll be back tomorrow to recap this evening's game and get ready for the Jets and Coyotes tomorrow in the opening of Mullet Arena. And of course, we'll be dropping marbles as well. Make sure you don't miss it. Thanks for being with us. Thanks to all the sponsors that make this show happen each and every day. Thanks to Michael Remus for getting us on and off the air. Thanks to you for making us a part of your day. Have a great one. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll catch you tomorrow on WST. Oh, my God. Oh! Oh! Shut it down. Oh Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.